Nintendo's like, eh, we'll get a, a cool little cartoon plumber guy, you know, pretty simple design, um, very accessible. Um, and then Sega comes in and, and they're like, okay, let's, you know, let's be the anti-Nintendo. Let's, you know, something with a little bit of attitude. Um, let's go with a still fairly recognizable uh, animal, like a hedgehog. And, and then Sony are like, hey, what if, what if it was a bandicoot? <laughs> what the fuck is a bandicoot? Who knows? But let's have, instead of a, a recognizable animal, let's go with an animal no one's ever fucking heard of. Um, and what we're going to do here is instead of go with the, the cool 90s attitude or the, the friendly, happy-go-lucky child cartoon character uh, let's have him be slightly deranged and seem as though he has just suffered a mental collapse because that's what kids like, right? <laughs> I wouldn't consider Crash so much Sony's mascot as Spyro. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which came first? That's a good question. To the internet. Just like the chicken and the egg question, which came first, the bandicoot or the dragon? Um, I almost just said something wildly inappropriate. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, let's see. Crash Bandicoot, 1996. That seems earlier than Spyro, but I could be wrong. Uh, Spyro the Dragon, 1998. Yeah, Crash predates him by two years. Well, that answers that age-old debate. Yes, it sure does. <laughs> that lasted all of fucking 20 seconds. Um, yep. So, welcome to Jedi Dropouts. Um, it has been a very, very long time. Yes, um, it has. Too long. Um, it's been over a month. Over a month? It's. I think it's closer to two months. Yep. Than to one month. Because uh, last time we recorded was a couple days after Endgame. And we still haven't, yes. <laughs> still haven't had the chance to review that movie. Which I guess we'll have to get to today. Um... I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who was in this one. Um, was this the one with Superman and the and the 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 CGI lip and the no? That's that's a different movie, right? So how long? How many speaking lines did Luke Skywalker have in this movie? <laughs> you know what? None, honestly, but still more than The Force Awakens. Somehow. Yeah. Um, so I guess this episode is sort of a catch-up episode of uh, everything that we missed in the last like. I'm more of a mustard guy. Uh, I honestly, I uh, this might lose us every listener we have. So like both of them, um, I hate ketchup and mustard. I I can't stand. Yeah, you're it. not a condiment person. I I've gotten more into condiments, but like the standard like ketchup mustard relish mayo those don't fucking do anything for me um what about mayo chop you know what i i want to hate that out of principle because that is the worst name like <laughs> i fucking hate i Paul saw... is obsessed with cranch wait, he hasn't tried wait, it wait wait wait, wait but... what's cranch cranch okay so ranch and and ketchup 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 yeah. and ranch cranch yeah. What do you just call it? Ketchup yeah, and ranch. It's, don't ma- stop making up fucking words. But Paul just loves it just on principle. He's never tried it, just the name and the, <laughs> the idea of it. Like, he's constantly just saying stuff like, give me cranch or give me death. 
<laughs> man, what, what is this a new trend of combining existing condiments and just making like like putting a name on them like they're fucking Brangelina or some shit like Benifer. Benifer, like <laughs> I believe they had four that they were planning on, like they unveiled that they were planning on rolling out. Oh. It was um, Cranch, yeah, Mayo Chop, okay, uh, Mayo Q, Mayo Q, okay, yeah, and I can't remember what the last one was, but I feel like it was something with mustard. Mullish. I'm gonna call it mullish, mustard and relish. Um, you say you say mayo q, like mayo q, mayo and barbecue sauce. I I I yep. might like that. I I find uh, I'm not big on like straight up mayo, but when you um, when you kind of oh, I eat it fresh from the jar. I I can't do mayo just straight up, but like. Mayo, when yeah. you kind of mask the flavor a little, like um, like chipotle mayo or like a like like an aioli or something, like I'm in, I'm into that. Yeah, chipotle mayo, I could, I, do that. I, I could eat by the gallon. Like, I would pay to see that. I I might eat my words on that, but <laughs> um, so all all mayo chop tangents aside, um. Uh, we tried to record how many fucking times in the last two months, and a lot. Everything that could possibly get in the way got in the way. Um, one of us would be sick. The other one would have a dog issue. Um, I was out of the province for yeah. two weeks. I, I made a, a short list of uh things that between me, you, and Mitchell we've done in the last two months. Um. You went to Montreal for uh, Montreal and Ottawa for what, two yes. weeks. Uh, yeah, I was in Montreal for five nights and then took a train to Ottawa for another five nights. Yes, so close on two weeks. Uh, on top of that, you are planning a wedding for next year. Yes. Um, yes. And on top of that, well, I mean, it's not just special to you. All three of us work fucking bonkers schedules that are a combination of every which type of shift yep we, we all we all work the the shift work bullshit um yes mitchell and and robin got a new house um yep. me and charlotte have a new vehicle uh i celebrated my birthday in there at one point um like obviously, I celebrated Emily's birthday. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a lot in a very short period of time. That that's all in like a month and a half. And on top of the just like our schedules conflict on the regular as is, and then you throw yeah. in all that other extra shit. And yeah, there we, here we are, two months later, finally recording an episode. Um, yeah, yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. A lot, um, yeah. a lot of real world stuff, a lot of geeky stuff, um, a lot of stuff we watched and played, and so on. Um, well, speaking of stuff we watched and played, yeah. um, and my trip, yes, the funny little something that amused me anyway. Um, I don't fly well, you know this, yes, and yeah. so I figured the best way to 
get through my flights was to distract myself. Okay. So the two things I brought with me to occupy myself on the flights so I wouldn't have mad anxiety. I bought Resident Evil 4 on my Switch. Okay, yeah. And since I had decided, you know, this was right around the time Game of Thrones was ending, I started binging the show. Yeah. So I was on, like, season 7, season 8. Like, I was real close to the end. So I used the Crave TV app to download, like, a full season of Game of Thrones on my phone. Mm -hmm. So for these flights, I was... I would watch a bit of Game of Thrones, and I'd put that away, and then I'd take my headphones out of my phone, and I'd plug it into my Switch, play a bit of Resident Evil. For one of our flights, like, I like either aisle seat or middle seat. I don't like being by the window, because then I can't help but look out the window, and that freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. So, Emily's by the window, I'm in the middle, and sitting directly to my left, in the third seat in our little section, is a priest. Oh. And I don't mean, like, <laughs> black suit, little tiny white collar. No, this motherfucker looked like he was coming straight from an exorcism. Holy like, shit. Like, <laughs> long black robes with a necklace with a cross on it that came down to his belly button. Oh, like like, like, like straight up rosary beads, or? Oh, yeah. This is amazing. Like, this dude... This dude looked straight out of the exorcism. Oh my god. And I'm I'm sat like shoulder to shoulder with this guy. And what are the two things that I have to occupy myself? A very graphic violent video game. Yep. And a very graphic violent TV show <laughs> that you're never quite sure when there's going to be a rape scene coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of like, goddamn, like, <laughs> like trying to, like, tilt my things away from him, but then Emily's like, I don't want to see that. I'm like, well, fucking neither is he. <laughs> oh, my God, that is amazing. Uh, your life should be a movie. You know this, right? We've been saying it for years. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, at least, at <laughs> least a bad sitcom. Like, <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, um, speaking uh, of bad sitcoms. Well, it's not speaking of of you in general. Um, oh Jesus! So recently, uh, there was this thing on Facebook that everyone was sharing. You know, make me list my top three whatevers. Uh, we both shared it. Um, oh, this is the unredacted version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Matt Pike wanted to know my top three uh what was it i can't remember how he phrased it most ridiculous things uh that you've ever said um, yes so i i'm gonna do a kind of terrified no of this no list. no no i'm gonna do a variation of it i'm gonna do a variation because to remember the actual like most ridiculous shit you've ever said i i can't i cannot recall because there is stuff that i've heard you say that had basically an entire room either crying of laughter or in absolute disgust for like half an hour um so the variation that i'm gonna do here is top three most ridiculous james moss pickup lines 
<laughs> and I feel like you might know All exactly right. where this is going. I got a fair idea. Yeah, there are three three that I feel I've I've never heard anyone else say. And I'm, I I mean, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe you heard this somewhere else, but I've only ever heard you say, and I feel like they are iconic, <laughs> absolutely iconic pickup lines. Um, so number three, the the infamous, hey missus, want to go halves on a youngster? They all start with yeah. they all start with hey missus for some reason. Is that a, you got you gotta <laughs> acknowledge her and get her attention so she knows that you're talking to her. Yes, of course. With with hey missus. Um But you can also substitute out wanna go halves on a youngster with you wanna go halves on a bastard. Ah uh, yeah. You know what, you're right. That that is definitely the version that I've heard from you. Halves on a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is generally more applicable because how often do you end up using this pickup line on your wife, right? Um. <laughs> we'll see after October third, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, uh, number two, hey, Mrs. Kamir, I ruined your life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And number one, the the absolute iconic. Like you should be, ha- you should have these words tattooed on you. In my opinion, maybe I will. <laughs> to to the pretty girl walking her dog down the road, hey, Mrs. Nice pooch. <laughs> yeah. 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 As soon as soon as Matt commented that, those three popped in my head, and I was like, oh well, that that's a that's a segment, for sure. Yep. Yep. I when I was living in Ottawa. Uh, one of the bands I played in, uh, we practiced over in Gatineau. Mm-hmm. So here we are in Quebec, and I said these things to girls who spoke not the strongest English. Of course. And me saying it fast and as newfie as possible, mm-hmm. they had no idea what I said. So they just kind of like looked at me and just kind of like nodded politely. And it's just like, all right, never mind. Have a nice day. <laughs> Sorry I wasted your time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, my. A um, couple of little things we should uh, just m- mention, throw in here. Um, mm-hmm. For the last, I don't know how many episodes, Jeopardy has been a topic that has come up. So mm-hmm. let's keep that streak going. Um, James Holtzauer, his streak ended. Yep. Uh, we'll keep our streak going by talking about his streak ending. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long ago it's been now. Probably a month now. His streak ended. Yep. Um, I actually was not watching. I was like, I, I tuned in for a lot of his streak, but I missed the night that he lost. Um, he finishes with thirty three consecutive wins, um, $2,464,216 in winnings, which is fucking insane. Um, so I think, yeah, I think even though he didn't beat Ken Jennings, uh, records, I think he will go down as one of the greatest Jeopardy players of all time. Uh, Oh my god, yes. Maybe the best. Just based on, on the fact that, like, I don't know how many now he like the top ten uh, most winnings in an episode of Jeopardy. This guy has beyond the top ten now. 
he he took the previous record holder and he cut him out of the top ten altogether, which is crazy. Um, uh, I'm really excited to see him on like Tournament of Champions facing off against Ken Jennings and Roger Craig and and um, what's his name Brad um, uh, Brad Rudder. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Um, and one thing I do want to say, there's been. Uh, talk uh, saying that he threw the game. Have you seen any of that? No, I haven't. People people were saying that he threw the game because he didn't go with a big bet on the end, uh, like you know, like he usually does. But he he responded to it. He talked about it, and he said like if you like he did the math. Uh, she had a big enough lead on him that. Even if he bet everything and got it right, it wouldn't have caught her. He needed her to bet big and and get the question wrong in order for him to pass her. So yeah. he focused on not coming in third, which is less winnings. And he bet just enough so that he could cement in that second place win and definitely not be passed by the guy in third, which is smart. That's how he's played the game the whole time. Um... So, I don't know. People were talking about how he didn't want to do it anymore and he threw the game. But I disagree. And that's that's taken away the win from... I, I forgot her name, but she earned the win for sure. Yeah, people like to speculate over everything. Oh, yeah. Um, and lastly, the exciting news that there is more Jeopardy coming to Netflix in like three days. I don't know what's coming, but um, more... More Jeopardy tournaments are coming to, to Netflix on June twenty eighth. So nice. Yep, always excited for that Jeopardy. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, another thing I want to touch on here. Twenty minutes in. Um, so we were gonna do a Mother's Day episode, um, which I kind of promised my mom after we did a Father's Day episode last year. Um, and she gave me her list of movies. You didn't. You didn't get a list after, did you, or anything no. like that? Yeah, because you said your mom doesn't watch a whole lot of movies, right? Not really. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna touch on this briefly, just because I uh, I told her I would like fucking two months ago. Um, uh, sorry for cursing, mom. Um, <laughs> um, so she gave me her top three, which is actually a top four, and three of them. I expected, and I'm not surprised by, and the fourth one got me completely off guard. Um, so I'm gonna go from one to three, just for that reasoning. Uh, number one, my mom's number one movie is P.S. I Love You, which I'm not surprised by. This is a very it's a good movie. It is a good movie, right? Like I, I've and I and the I was lucky here. Like um, when I got Dad's movies last year. I had to watch most of them. I hadn't seen Tombstone. I hadn't seen uh, uh, Fist of Fury. But uh, yeah. these, I'd actually seen all these. Uh, P.S. I Love You is a great movie. It has a pretty good soundtrack, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Gerard Butler, a pretty good singer, surprisingly. Um, yep. And, um, yeah, like, the acting's great. Uh, it's terribly depressing, but also uplifting message. Um, and you've got uh, let's see, Gerard Butler, Jennifer Garner, 
and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right? Is that that's who it is? Jennifer Garner. Is that not Hillary Swank? Hillary Swank. I I yeah. I've gotten those two mixed up in the past. Yeah, it is Hillary Swank. You're right. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Kudrow's in it. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yep. They actually have a flocking Molly song on the soundtrack too. Which song is it? Is it uh, "If I Ever Leave This World"? Yeah, alive? that's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm. which is a fantastic song. And it's pretty much the only time I've in the last like ten years I've ever actually enjoyed hearing "Galway Girl." Yeah, yeah, real good use of that song. Yeah, as opposed to dudes playing it at open mics, every single open mic here in Cornerbrook to try and get laid. Mm, yeah. I wonder yeah. how uh, yeah, that works out, yeah. As opposed to Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing it at an open mic in a movie to try and get laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow, I guess the difference being that those guys at open mic aren't Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so they're Thomas Wayne, like. <laughs> um, so her number two movie, um, not a movie I'm the biggest fan of. Mamma Mia, have you seen Mamma Mia? It was on cable the other night, um, while I was working, so I saw bits and pieces of it. If it was, cause it was on NTV. Okay, yeah. And. Certain people just have NTV on, they'll watch the news, and then whatever's on will just be on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, every, like, second or third room I would go into at work would have Mamma Mia on, and so I would just catch, like, little snippets of it here and there. Okay. Did you, And uh... thankfully it was not a very interesting movie, so it did not distract me from my job. Did, did you catch uh, young Howard Stark in there? As the lo- I did not. Yeah, he's the love interest of uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, uh, Dominic Cooper, aka like the main oh, okay. the main character from Preacher. Uh, he's very babyface and unrecognizable in this movie. Um, <laughs> the high points I will say about it: um, Meryl Streep. I don't think she's ever done a bad job in anything. I don't. I don't think I've ever watched a movie and been like, man. Meryl Streep could be better. Um, yeah. Because she's really, like, just one of the greatest actresses ever. Um, yep. And honestly, I think the biggest thing that bothers me watching Mamma Mia is that all three of those guys playing the dads, um, Pierce Brosnan, was it Stellan Skarsgård, and Colin Firth? I think so. I love all three of their acting, but they really can't sing. Like... Nah. Pierce Brosnan might be one of the worst singers I've ever heard in my life. It is so painful. Um, and and I think that like when I say I don't like Mamma Mia, a lot of the reaction is, oh, well, you just don't like ABBA music. I love ABBA music, and that's why I don't like the movie, because... It doesn't do it justice. Pierce Brosnan trying to sing ABBA is... Oh, God. Just don't. Just don't do it. Um... But like, like that's honestly the only part of the movie where I'm like, oh, I hate this. the The rest of the movie, it's like I I'd sit down and watch it. Sure, it's, there's you know, it's just not really my cup of tea. Um, and the last two, uh, tied for three. She couldn't pick one. Um, unsurprisingly, Greece, which Greece is a, an absolute classic. Um, 
Love it. You got peak John Travolta in there. You got Olivia Newton-John. You have um, a great soundtrack. Sandy! <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, have you seen the college humor bit about Summer Lovin'? No. And it's like making fun of that really sketchy... Um, oh, what's the... What's the guy's name? Um, fuck. The dude who's peeking up skirts? Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like the the best friend, but he's an absolute douchebag. Um, Kenicky, Kenicky, yeah. They, so College Humor does this bit, and it's you know summer loving. Yeah, they do the whole bit, and then um, instead of them, the guys asking like, you know, like because the in the actual lyrics of the song, there's a there's some questionable stuff. Like, did she put up a fight? It's like, eh, you know. Um, yeah, but the guy playing Kaniki in this college humor bit is like, um, "Did you slip her a pill?" and like all this awful shit, and and they like the straight up stop the song. And like, whoa, whoa, what happened? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> um, anyway, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite college humor videos. Um, but yeah, Kaniki is questionable, but the movie is really good. Um, if you don't think too much about some of the stuff that's going on in the background because like Rizzo and Kaniki's relationship is terrible <laughs> um, but yeah I mean Grease is a classic I don't know what else to say about it um, and this is where I was caught off guard when mom's listening to her favorite movies like P.S. I love you Mamma Mia Grease sure I got all that and then she says The Goonies really yeah apparently The Goonies is potentially a top three movie for my mom and this is the first time I've ever heard her say the word Goonies in my life um and like Goonies is is very much up the alley of something we would talk about on this podcast it's you know it's a it's a 80s throwback adventure almost into sci-fi territory kind of movie um it's you know it's of the genre of kids on bikes you know it's the it's classic and uh i rewatched it like last month and it's, it's it's just a lot of fun um you got a lot of actors like way ahead of their time josh brolin and sean astin and uh i mean cory uh cory feldman Corey Feldman, like, absolutely peaked in the 80s, though, right? Oh, my God, yes. Because, like, Goonies, Stand By Me, um, what's the, uh, Friday the 13th, part four, was it he was in? Uh, yes, it was part four. Yeah, like, these are, these are, like, peak Corey Feldman movies for me. Um, and I, like, it's funny, because, like, I think of Corey Feldman, and I think of, like, New Age absolutely lost his mind Corey Feldman and yep. like I keep forgetting that he is maybe one of the best child actors we've ever seen like in in terms of uh, the resume of the movies he did as well as like he was actually a really good actor um, yep but anyway yeah Goonies is a absolute classic like one of the best 80s movies um uh, chunk and sloth and all that. Uh, I mean, chunk. Some of the chunk stuff is a little questionable, um, but you know, whatever. 
yeah truffle shuffle and all that um but you know i i don't know goonies is great and was an absolute like curveball in my mom's favorite movies um you know what it's funny because uh we also talked about the fact that my mom absolutely loves horror movies which i'm not sure if you knew that a lot of people don't realize it my mom is like real big on horror movies but um i i asked her why one didn't end up in her top three and she said that most horror movies she likes to watch one time and then move on to the next one like she's it's not really something she goes back and rewatches. Um, but if she had to pick a favorite, it would be Silence of the Lambs, which, solid pick. Amazing. Yeah, right? Uh, Hannibal Lecter is an icon. I'm using the iconic a lot, but, like, I mean, Grease, Goonies, Silence of the Lambs, the, you know, I, I don't think I'm yeah. wrong here. Um, yeah. Um, that is... The entire little Mother's Day bit I wanted to get in there. Uh, was hoping to do a full episode at one point, but you know, maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll do yeah. a, a. I don't know. I have no idea what else to do in that in that vein. But you know, speaking of college humor and pointing out questionable behavior. Yes. Have you ever seen the college humor series Zach Morris is trash? I've I've uh, seen. I, I, I've, I think I might have seen an, an episode of it once, but I, um, yeah. I, I binged it one day. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so good because it's so right about how shitty, like, Zach Morris is if you actually, like, stop and think about it. Yeah, I believe that. Saved by the Bell, were you a big fan of Saved by the Bell, or? Back in the day, I watched a fair bit of it. Okay. Mostly with babysitters, because they had a crush on either Zach or Slater, and not Screech. No. No. And I was all about, uh, well, Kelly Kapowski, and I did have a bit of a crush on Lisa for a bit too. Yeah. Never Jesse for some reason. Hmm. I, but, I I think. Uh... I think that's another one of those points where um, the just those couple years between our ages makes the difference, because Saved by the Bell always seemed like it was slightly before my time. Yeah. I like I watched a fair few refu- uh, reruns of it, but it was never really my show, you know? Yeah. It was always the show that came on after mine, you know? Um, I can't think of what that would have been, though. Maybe Fresh Prince? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they would go back to back. Um, but yeah, I, I fully believe that Zach Morris is trash without even having seen those videos. Um, They're worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. You you mean the college humor videos? You're not, like, in, in 2019 recommending I, I go binge Saved by the Bell, or <laughs> Oh my god, no. Go binge the college humor ones. Okay, yeah. Um... So, let's talk about, uh, we're talking about TV shows here, let's, let's get into some recent TV stuff. Um, a huge saga on television wrapped up recently. Um, the Big Bang Theory. Yes. Uh, no, <laughs> no much bigger, um, with 
some surprising uh, end results. And, of course, I am talking about the NBA playoffs. Yes. Ah, you see what I did there? Yeah. Um, did, I, I feel like I, I saw on social media somewhere that you actually watched some of the NBA playoffs this year. Uh, I watched the last two games. Okay, okay. I um, I actually hopped in on the second round because, like, out of nowhere, I really got the itch to watch some basketball. So I started watching most of the games in like every series um i feel like we had to talk about this just being canadians and i only watch most sports when something big is on the line like yeah i watched the stanley cup finals i watched the nba finals Mm. um i'll watch the crossfit games i watch the olympics like you know like yeah ufc is something i'll watch like whenever I can if it's on, even if yeah. there's no titles on the line or something. But other than that, like the majority of sports I only watch when something big is on the line. And it's not because I'm like, oh, sports are dumb. No, it's it's like my schedule's pretty hectic 90% of the time and I struggle to keep up with the things I already have on my plate to watch. So adding things on top of that, plus, like, if I'm going to start watching stuff, like, during the season, like, there's always the chance I'm going to get hooked, and then I'm trying to, like, follow stats and players and stuff like that, and I just, I don't have time to be adding something like that to my already busy life. Man, it is consuming, like... Exactly. As a hockey fan, as as someone who you know reads multiple books a year on hockey, and follows every stat of every team, and runs multiple hockey pools and so on, like it is, it can be time consuming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about with the Toronto Raptors thing, did you see this Kawhi Leonard story that leaked? Uh, that it wasn't real. But it was one of the funniest things that I'd ever seen. Um, so there's all this talk about Kawhi Leonard um, being like being w- just a weird guy, and um, like it, it. This article came out talking about in college basketball, the only trash talk he ever did was he would say to people, "Board man gets paid," whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. Um, and you know, uh, so, so based on that article coming out and people thinking like, wow, Kawhi Leonard is a real weird dude. Someone did up this fake article about when Kawhi Leonard played with San Antonio Spurs and leaked it as if it were real. And one second, I got a small excerpt from it here. Uh, one time, one time after practice, everyone decided to go out for a team dinner. When it was his turn to order, Kawhi waved off the waitress and instead pulled out a bag of 12 apples. Coach Popovich asked what he was doing, and Kawhi simply replied, Apple time, apple time, and then he ate all 12 apples with a knife and fork. (laughs) And people believed it. Like, it came out, and people were talking about, man, Kawhi Leonard is a lunatic. (laughs) He eats bags of apples (laughs) with a knife and fork. And, um... 
like when they won, he sort of played into it. Like when he was doing the speech, he made fun of his. Uh, I don't know. He got. He has this kind of like weird slow robotic laugh or whatever, and he made fun of his own laugh. And he, he wore a T-shirt on stage that said "Boardman gets paid." And like I don't know. I, I I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was a really good little bit out of this playoffs that was worth talking about. Um. <laughs> I really wish that Kawhi Leonard would release an Apple Time t-shirt now, because I would buy that shit. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, let's talk about the, the actual big TV saga with the surprising twist. Uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Game of Thrones came to an end, and you watched it just in time to catch up there. Yeah, I... The last two episodes, I... Well... Season it it was all done by the time I got to season seven. Yeah. But then I tried to avoid spoilers just long enough to barrel through those last two seasons. Hmm. That must have been difficult because people were ruthless with Game of Thrones spoilers. Like nobody get, seemed to give a shit after the episode was out. I noticed. No. Um. So. Um. I'll tell you, first, first, I want to get your thoughts on the whole show, because you just hopped on here. I've been watching this thing since almost day one. Yep. Um, I'm curious about the, the like, someone binging the show instead of watching it as it's happening. And then let's get into our thoughts on season eight, because I know we have some disagreements on this one. Hmm. Um... Honestly, my biggest thought on Game of Thrones as a whole was Dynasty Warriors. You know how I was saying, like, I'd love to see a Dynasty Warriors series, but it just, like, covers so much, there's so many characters, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you were to go and play Dynasty Warriors 7 story mode for all kingdoms and see, like... Because 7 has the best storytelling. Yeah. Um... Like, they could make this work. It would be very Game of Thrones style. Right? Yeah. Okay. But, if they were to do that, like, the majority of people who aren't familiar with Game of Thrones, or aren't familiar with Dynasty Warriors, but everyone knows Game of Thrones, most of them would just be like, oh, this is just Asian Game of Thrones. Hmm. And not realize that it's, you know based on actual Chinese history. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, it it did make me a bit hopeful for the potential to see a well-done Dynasty Warriors series in the future. But that's just a fan being a fan. Um, There were certain parts of the show that I found hard to get through. Like, I had to push through and was like... I almost gave up on it, and I was like, nope, gotta keep going, gotta see it through to the end, like, if you're gonna invest this much time to watch, like, five seasons or something, there's not that much left, like, you might as well finish it, because the last two seasons were only short seasons. Yeah, yeah, they were. So I was like, alright, you gotta push through, you gotta push through, and I'm glad I pushed through for a few episodes that were there, like, there were a few episodes like Battle of the Bastards that mm, like fantastic yeah. episodes I love them 
But there were other episodes that I just found so painful and tedious to get through. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm I'm glad that I was rooting for the characters I was rooting for. <laughs> like Arya. Oh, we should maybe throw throw in here um, a spoiler warning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, spoiler warning. If you haven't caught up with Game of Thrones and you don't want it to be spoiled, then uh, yeah, you know. Okay, go ahead. But like, I liked Arya from the start, and I liked Arya from the start. Ha 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 ha! ha. Uh, Shut ha, up, James. Ha, ha. Um. <laughs> And I liked how she turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Hound definitely grew on me. I liked Hodor, but, like, his death scene thing, like, the way it played out and the way it was shot and everything, like, it didn't hit me emotionally. Really? Yeah, I was just kind of like, "Oh, this is happening." Okay, that's right. surprising. That's like one of the that that's one of what's considered to be the saddest deaths in the show. Yeah, oh. and it had no effect on me. But then again, I don't think any of the deaths in that show affected me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I like when people were dying in the show, I was either like, "Oh, thank God," or I was very Brandon Stark about it. It's just like, what happens happens. Yeah, I'm I'm the three eyed raven. I I love I love weird awkward Bran from the last season, and what, how he goes full three eyed raven and just like <laughs> it's just sitting around weirding people out for a whole season. He know. just becomes Jarvis. Yeah, pretty much. It's like the rest of the Avengers are like getting emotional, being like, "We have to do this." He's just like, "Logically, uh. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Drop some knowledge on you, and they're just like, "Fuck off!" But um, like, the closer to the end of the show, like the less, like even before she went full Cersei, I didn't like Daenerys as much, like. Early in yeah. the show, I was hardcore rooting for her. And then, like, each season, I would just like her less and less. Yeah. And then when, like, she went full Cersei, it's just like... Like, you could have had her, like, make that heel turn and, like... Go a bit tyrannical without also making her fuck her brother. Well, her nephew yeah well either way it was still incest yeah and it was just like wait no nephew or brother because he would have been the heir to the throne yeah because um the mad king had three children yeah uh viscerous and yeah the eldest was the one who had the child with lana stark which was john snow okay yeah Okay. Um, I get mixed up in the names, though. Uh, Aegon? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Either way. Like, even when she knew, like, 
Hey, John Stark's my family. He's my blood. He's my boyfriend. Like, yeah. you know, like, they... Like... Like, was that part necessary? Like, I, I kind of yeah. get, like, you know, she spends all this time with her and Cersei, like, hating each other and everything like that, and then she's, like, becoming more and more like Cersei. But then, like, to make it full-blown, like, the person who we've been like, oh, she fucks her brother the whole show, and now, like, oh, this one's also fucking her family. It's like, Why? Like, really, was that necessary? Yeah. And that just kind of bugged me a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, the twist of, you know, John's heritage was interesting. And they ruined that part of the plot for me by, you know, adding that incest element there, too. Fair enough. Like, if, like, they had almost done it, but then, like, had, like, a Luke and Leia moment, where it's like, oh, kissed on the cheek, and, like, maybe a small kiss on the lips, but never had sex because you find out your brother and sister or your cousins or your nieces and nephews, whatever, like, you know? Yeah. Like, that would have been better for me. That would have been much more interesting, but, like, having them shack up and then, like, realize that they're related and then continue to be smitten with each other. Taking pages straight out of the Cersei and Jamie handbook. I, I wasn't a fan of that at all. Yeah. Um... Tyrion, I I liked from beginning to end. Yep, absolutely. He was definitely one of the more interesting characters. Yeah. Jamie Lannister grew on me a lot, and then he would do something stupid, and I'd just kind of, like, start to lose faith in him again, and then he would kind of redeem himself a little bit, and I don't know. It was very hot and cold with Jamie for me. That's one of the things I liked about this show. Um, in so far as, and, and a lot of it pissed people off in the last season with the Daenerys stuff, the Cersei stuff, the, the Jamie stuff, but I like that the show is, is kind of like, you know, there, there, in real life, there are no such thing as, as, you know, or there, it is possible to have a gray person, like someone who shows elements of being good and elements of being bad. And, you know, it to be perfectly good or perfectly bad is not really an inherently human trait. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I kind of like that. Like, um, I really, really like what they did with Cersei in the end, where they had you rooting against her, and you really want a satisfying death. And then, instead, they flip it over, and they make you feel bad for her in the end because they show that yeah she was an absolute tyrant but she is still a human being and they show her dying in a basement fearing for her life yeah you know 
I, I just I like I like some of the twists that they did there in the last season. Um, I know a lot of people hated this, and I don't know. I I think a lot of it, like, I'm not saying that I am right and the the season was good and everyone else is wrong. What I'm saying is that I feel like a lot of the hate that came from the, for the season came from a place of people not getting what they wanted. You know the the show like the the basic building of the show is it all leads towards something else you know all the early seasons are people um like it's political movement you know people moving to this side or that side or setting up for the future and when things come to a head and you have to make decisions about what finally happens a lot of people are not going to get what they want and you know i'm not saying that like uh yeah sure there there were some pacing issues i fully agree with um i think the, the I, season I think was... if the last season had been a full 10 episodes like the other seasons it would have been a lot better paced yeah yeah i i agree with that i I, th- I think it needed to be longer either way whether you know either through a 10 episode season or two two full like six to seven episode seasons you know yeah um but i i just i don't see the argument when you look at the reviews where every episode of game of thrones through seasons one through seven is considered an almost perfect episode of television and then suddenly in season eight everything like sucks everything like absolute apparent garbage uh some of the worst television people have ever seen and i'm like come on it's not that big a difference no it's not it's like it's straight up not at all especially when season seven got good reviews when i thought season seven felt like more of season uh, season eight sorry felt like more of season seven to me yeah it did in a lot of ways you know um how much of that do you think was just people just like projecting like feelings of loss like where they were a bit like they didn't want the show to be over so they were just projecting that negative feeling on the show in some way like whatever way they could and like once a handful of people start being like season eight's bad like a lot of people are just gonna be like yeah it's bad yeah like for example one thing that everyone apparently agrees on is one of the few good parts of season eight was the Clegane Bowl the Hound versus the Mountain yeah I thought yeah it was one of my favorite parts of the season but coincidentally it is one of the only parts of the season that people correctly predicted would happen yeah is that maybe you know are you only pleased by that because that was something you wanted to happen as opposed to the rest of the season you know potentially yeah potentially I don't know uh, I could I have spent um ever since the show ended I've like I had to delete social media off my phone because it was such a pain in the ass to see people complaining about this every day. Yeah. And, like, like it's one thing to have people split on something, 
but personally, I got a very satisfying ending to one of my favorite TV shows, and then to go online every day and see that, oh no, the entire world has decided that you're wrong, and this is garbage that is not worth anyone's time. Um, It's kind of like, oh, okay, well, whatever. It's kind of like season nine of Scrubs. Like, you watch season nine without ever... <clears throat> without ever watching any other episode of Scrubs. Like, yeah, you're going to be missing out on a few things because, like, you know, returning characters and such. But you watch Season 9 as a standalone show. It's like a 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. But, as a ninth season of Scrubs, after watching the whole series... And, like, picking up with Lucy immediately after, like, the big emotional ending. Like, the last episode of Season 8 for Scrubs, like, during the credits was doing that thing where it, like, shows all the -the behind-the-scenes things of, like, the actors and directors, like, hugging and, like, saying goodbye and stuff like that. And it was real emotional. And then there's a ninth season all of a sudden. So, like, the ninth season as a standalone show is, like, a 6 out of 10. But if you watch it right after watching the first eight seasons and being invested in the first eight seasons, that brings that down to, like, a three or four. Yeah. So, Fair like, enough. I don't know. Like... How, how would you score, on the good pizza scale, mm. the Game of Thrones Season 8? Season 8, like... Season eight was pretty much the same as season seven, like you said. Yeah, I thought I, th- I really think they're like, it, they're both very clearly okay. We have to wrap this thing up because uh, we don't have the source material to work off, and we need to get this done while we still have the budget, the viewers, and the cast. Yes, but I still thought it was quality. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll I'll give my score first personally. Out of a, well, guy, let's precursor this. We have a lot of uh, listeners from the U.S. now, apparently. Um, Notably, California. So, in in case you haven't uh, listened to a Jedi Dropouts episode before, we like to score things on the good pizza scale, which is out of a total of eight slices. Um, So, Game of Thrones Season 8, for me, I'm giving seven and a crust. With the pizza scale being recently re-explained the crust would be the point five. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that that kind of happened pretty naturally when uh, we realized that just eight options was not quite enough. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, I go with seven and a crust. It's not perfect. There are things I would change, but I am totally satisfied as a, as a viewer of Game of Thrones uh, and honestly the only thing I would change is not that I would change any of the decisions they made I would just change the pacing that's it I just it needed a little more uh, a little more time to work these stories up in my my opinion yeah you know as someone who thought that the show as a whole, was just it was good but didn't live up to the hype 
Like, I think that's part of my problem, too, is, like, where I didn't watch any of it until it was pretty much almost over, and I'd just seen so many people raving about how it's, like, the best show ever. It just didn't live up to my expectations. Like, everyone had this bar set so high for it that it just couldn't reach that yeah. for me. No, nothing could, right? Like, the, yeah. the, the hype with Game of Thrones Exactly. Is, you know... Like, if um, I had started watching it when it started coming out, like, if I had followed it all those years like most people did, then maybe yeah. I'd feel differently about it. Yeah. But for me, it just didn't live up to the hype. For, for me, the, the viewing experience of Game of Thrones was kind of essential to how I, how I enjoyed it. Like, binging Game of Thrones, for me, I don't think would be quite as satisfying as... The, the weight and the uh, theorizing about what's going to happen with this character and that. Like, um, I watched the first season um, just before s- season two premiered, and then I rewatched uh, the first three seasons, I guess, when, when Charlotte started watching. And from then on, it was, you know, every time a new episode came out, we watched it together. We've been watching it together for however many years, you know, it's uh, 20, uh, so like six years. And the viewing experience of like, okay, we get another hour of this TV show, we get another hour into the, the lives of these characters, that was a big part of um, what hooked me, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, it... it I think we might be at the end of, of watching television in that way. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I'd be curious to, like, I, it, it's it's hard to say, too. Like, I'd, I'd like to know if, you know, if I had the viewing experience that you had of, you know, hopping on this show right on the end and binging it all, would I like it less? Would I like it more? Who knows, right? Um, I saw a meme of The Simpsons. And it was just like... Because there was one episode, it was like, and eh, the mayor of Springfield was like, I don't know, let's say, Mo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like... And the new king of Westeros was, let's say, I don't know, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, um, that is funny. Yeah. There was one part where I was kind of like, ah, like... When uh, Dantine Darth Maul resurrected that dragon yep. that he killed. Mm-hmm. Dantine Darth Maul. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like that. Um, and it opened its eyes, and its eyes were blue. All I could think was fucking Yu-Gi-Oh quotes. <laughs> oh? <laughs> like Seto Kaiba, like, My blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> See, I have no idea what you're talking about here again, because I know literally nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh. How have you and Mitchell been doing Final Form for, like, over a year now and haven't touched on Yu-Gi-Oh? Because no one asked us to, and no one's made me watch Yu-Gi-Oh, so I'm not going to be the one to recommend it. (laughs) Well, there's my official request put in. Okay. Unless you edit me saying that out of this episode. I might. I might just cut you <laughs> cut you saying that. But then there's no proof. But honestly, as far as anime goes, um, it it is a bit cheesy, but like 
the first couple seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh aren't the worst anime I've ever seen. Fair enough. Okay. I guess that's going to be added to the list. I mean, it has all those, like, spin-offs, like, kind of oh, like yeah. Digimon had and everything like that, but I don't know. Apparently, the newer seasons of the Pokemon anime are, like, better than older stuff. Yeah, I've, I've heard stuff about the new Pokemon as well. I mean, maybe I'll get around to checking that out. Yeah. Um, you got anything else to touch on with Game of Thrones here? Like, I could go forever on Game of Thrones, but we have other stuff to talk about, too. Uh, not really. I mean, I, I kind of just, like... Like, the best review I can give of it is, like... It, it was a good show... But it didn't live up to the hype. Yeah. In my mind. Like, yeah. I finished it just because I had invested so much time in getting caught up that I was like, well, it'd be stupid not to finish it. Like, make the rest of that time a waste. And I'm glad I stuck with it for, like, the Battle of the Bastards was probably my favorite episode. Battle of the Bastards is a phenomenal episode, I will admit. Yeah. Um,. I thought the the Battle of Winterfell in season eight was at least near that level. I uh, love that episode. That episode was that episode was all right. It wasn't as good as Battle of the Bastards. Okay. Um, when I went into Corner Rook to watch Endgame with you, mm-hmm. uh the same, like, you know, remember afterwards I said, you know, there's a big episode of Game of Thrones tomorrow night. Yep. It was the Battle of Winterfell. And, nice. yeah, we, like, we sat down, I, we didn't have enough time to watch it before I left to go to work. So, I got to work, and I was having trouble with the Wi-Fi, and I had, like, an hour of this episode to watch, and I was, I, I have never felt so, um stressed out and wound up about the like the affairs of fictional characters in my life as watching that episode I was just uh, edge of my seat like do not fucking kill these some of these characters don't you do it um but uh yeah anyway I, I, I I'm gonna get like I'm gonna go back down the rabbit hole on that one um uh, I'm, I'm glad how that episode ended yeah Oh, yeah. I'm glad I, the person who did the thing was the person that did the thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing a Game of Thrones poster with, like, the critics' reviews and the quotes. <laughs> and I'm glad the person that did the thing was the one to do the thing, James Moss. Yeah. Jedi Dropouts. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> yeah. So, you want to get into some other uh, recent TV shows, movies? Let's do it. Yeah, I got uh, one TV show and a movie that I watched uh, that I'd like to at least briefly mention. Um, Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Um, This is an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett novel. I'm petitioning Netflix to cancel an Amazon Prime I show. know. It's fucking insane. 
Did you uh, see? Uh, did you see Amazon? I I I don't want to misquote here. I'm pretty sure Amazon um, responded to it. One second. Amazon, Netflix. Yeah, here it is. Um, so Netflix. Okay, so Amazon Prime released Good Omens. People got offended by some of the uh, Christian imagery in it. I suppose it's you know it's p- pretty blasphemous, um, and they petitioned for Netflix to cancel the show that was not their show. Um, Netflix responded on Twitter and said, "Okay, we promise not to make any more." And <laughs> my favorite part, Amazon tweeted and said, "Hey Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens." And I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um but yeah, the show is really really good. Um Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett novel, uh one of my favorite books. So I was really hyped for this. Um, I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan, and honestly, I think this is maybe his best book. I know it's not really the popular opinion on it, but it's my favorite. Um, they don't adapt it perfectly; like they do stray from the story. They, you know, they stray from the characters a little bit. Um, but the essence is perfect. The like the mood of the show is done perfectly. They really nail... Um, like, Terry Pratchett has this sort of sense of humor. It's almost like uh, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Just this, like, sarcastic British wit. Uh, and they nail Terry Pratchett's humor in the show. And, um... I don't know. It, the whole cast is really good. John Hamm is in there. He's funny. Um, the main stars, David Tennant and Martin Sheen. Michael Sheen. In... Michael Sheen. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Martin Sheen's the old guy, right? From Apocalypse Now. Charlie um, Sheen's dad. Yeah, yeah. Michael Sheen. My mistake. The way the trailer for it, like, one of the little quick teaser trailers for it was shot, I thought yeah. Michael Sheen was Simon Pegg. Oh, I could... You know what? They have similar facial shapes. I could see that. The way one of the trailers was shot, I thought that this show was starring Simon Pegg and David Tennant as an angel and a dip. Or as an angel and a demon. And I was just kind of like, say what? That, as fun as that would be, I, and as, you know, I want Simon Pegg in everything I watch, personally. But, uh, I don't know, I don't think he'd be able to pull off what Michael Sheen did here. Um... I think that out of every TV show, every movie I've watched this year so far, David Tennant and Michael Sheen in Good Omens have the best on-screen chemistry so far. Nice. Like, they play off each other so well. And this is, I think, maybe my favorite thing I've seen David Tennant in so far. He is just playing it, like, like going straight for the fucking fences with this. Like, um... The, whole, the basis of the show and, and the book are that this angel and devil have a sort of secret friendship. The The whole basis is the the Antichrist is being, you know, um, uh, put onto Earth to signal the end of mankind and the apocalypse and so on. Um, but they fuck it up. They... They accidentally put the Antichrist in the wrong home, and then they're watching the wrong kid, and this whole, like, uh, 
just like series of of events unfold through this through like just incompetence and 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 people making mistakes and it's very funny um very blasphemous and i highly recommend it to anyone who is not a a devout christian i suppose (laughs) um one of the things too that i read that uh made this boycott call like the cancellation call interesting was like like everything that happened in the books is wrapped up isn't it like they're like it's kind of made like it's just gonna be the one season it's it's a mini series they yeah. never so oh yeah so no. it's not like there's gonna be a season two of it no there's not it's it's not that kind of TV show it's it's a mini series it's six episodes and that's it exactly that w- so like it's done <laughs> I know. being I like know. cancel it it's like okay <laughs> okay sure done and done you happy now yeah so some people are just so so quick to put their opinions out there before they know a fucking thing yeah oh boy um so yeah as as mentioned good pizza scale um i'm gonna score this i'll go uh six and a crust on this um one of the better tv shows i've watched this year but still not quite the best um and i feel like the shortness of it is maybe why i didn't score it higher um as much as i really enjoyed it and i will definitely be rewatching it um i could have used a little more I, it could have been a little longer that's fair yeah um the only other thing that i have here to review not that i haven't been watching anything i've just been watching like you know old sitcoms mostly um changeland have you heard about this movie changeland no okay so it's not a not a very like um big movie in terms of budget or or hype uh it's directed by directed written by and starring seth green um interesting yeah, and I heard about this movie for a while because of uh, Macaulay Culkin's podcast, Bunny Ears. Um, the The movie stars basically a group of friends. Uh, Seth Green, Brecken Meyer, Macaulay Culkin, um, Brenda Song. All, the, all these, like, they actually are a group of friends that hang out. And they took a trip to Thailand and made this movie that Seth Green had been working on. And... I wanted to watch it just because I had heard so many stories behind the scenes on the podcast. I was like, you know, i got to actually see the movie that they were making this whole time. Um, I didn't expect that it was going to be a really good movie. It's, like, a really great story. It's... Seth Green is uh, a surprisingly good director. And the acting is just really good in this thing. I never expected to see a movie with Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, and Macaulay Culkin in 2019 and be really blown away by the acting, but I was. Um, and the story is basically this guy, played by Seth Green, finds out his wife is cheating on him, and he had an anniversary trip booked to Thailand, so he calls up an old friend and asks him to go at the last minute in place. And... Uh, they just kind of escape their lives 
uh, in Thailand and why this guy is severely depressed and trying to cope with his life and uh, yeah it's just a, a nice little sort of uh, drama comedy movie um, if you get a chance I do recommend watching this thing uh, if for no other reason than to see Macaulay Culkin in 2019 showing that he still has his acting chops nice yeah Macaulay Culkin's great in this thing um, yeah I don't know, uh, I, I'll give this one six slices which you know fair score I've really enjoyed it it's not you know a movie I'm going to be rewatching time and time again but uh, it's really well made really well acted and uh, there's a lot of uh, depth to it like story wise and emotionally nice yeah so that is basically everything new I have to review uh, I don't know what you got lined up there I feel like you've watched a few things I haven't watched much actually um, there were a few movies I wanted to go see while I was on vacation but um the only movie theater I found in Montreal was showing things in French, which I wouldn't have understood. Yeah. And in Ottawa, everything was too far away. And mm. I had no data, so, like, trying to figure out bus routes and Ubers and shit was difficult. Fair enough. So I didn't go see anything. And uh, when I came back, we've not had anything good playing, like... Secret Life of Pets is here for like the third week. Oh yeah. And like that bothered me. Like we have two movies that play at our theater at a time. Very small yeah. theater. And so we got Toy Story 4, which I do plan on watching. I was going to go see it uh tonight, but I have to work, so I'm probably going to see it Friday. Okay, yeah. But rather than getting Child's Play, which has been hyped and hyped and hyped, we keep The Secret Life of Pets for a third week. So they have two kids' movies playing? Two kids' movies. That's the only that's, things playing at our theater currently. That's that's weird. That's, like, zero fucking variety. Yeah. But, like, and I thought, like, they're coming out at the same time. Like, how fucking cool would it be... To have a theater where the only two movies playing are Toy Story 4 and Child's Play. I know, right? Like, that would have been so fucking cool. And the theater in Grand Falls, which is usually way behind on whatever movies they get, got fucking Child's Play. Wow. I'm just like, are you serious? And then I looked up, like, what movie's playing in Stevenville, because maybe I'd drive out there to go to a movie. They still have Rocket Man. Oh, okay. And it's just like, ugh. Like, my movie options have been very limited. Yeah. Uh, that being said, that being said, I do want to see Rocket Man when I get the chance. Rocket Man's, like, I don't know. I have a history of being, I don't know. I don't want to say disappointed by biopics, because, like, a lot of the movies that these biopics have been about, like, I'm not the biggest fan of anyway. So, yeah. like, I'm not as invested. So, like, the, I'll go um, see it, and I'll be like, okay, this is an alright movie. But, okay. like, there's no, like, 
moments where I want to like jump up out of my seat and be like, yeah, like Bohemian Rhapsody. It, it was a good movie, but I'm, I've never been the biggest Queen fan. So I was always, I was just kind of like sat there, just been like, okay, this is good, this is good. Like even the Live Aid scene, like it was just kind of like, all right, cool, this, yeah. that, that's interesting. Like, okay, I'm a huge Queen fan. Uh, that movie was like the, the people talked about that movie like it was the fucking Second Coming of Jesus, and it was just all right. I it, like it it. Half that movie was, I thought, really good top-tier biopic stuff. The other half, I thought, was okay to, at times, really not good. Um, I don't know. There were parts of that movie I thought were fucking awful. I thought they did the music stuff really well, though. Honestly, the like we've got biopics for like Tupac and Biggie and... Uh, Freddie Mercury and now Elton John and we've got um, well the one from about the doors is from the 90s so I won't count yeah. that but um, seems like there's another one recently that, oh we got the Motley Crue one like yeah, the yeah. only one that I've seen that I've actually liked was fucking Straight Outta Compton Straight Outta Compton was a great movie yeah that's the See, only like musician biopic movie that I've seen in the last ten years that I've actually been like, fuck yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to Rocket Man because it was uh, screened at the Cannes Film Festival, and the reviews said like yeah one of the best movies that was here this weekend it was you know so like not just you know popular audience opinion which can be hit or miss, but critics are saying that, you know, they absolutely nailed it with this one. Yeah. And between that and the fact that Taron Egerton is just fucking phenomenal on screen, and I, I do actually really enjoy Elton John's music, so I'm Elton looking John's forward to Elton John's music's Rockman. okay. Um, I find Taron's a bit... I don't know. I was starting to get on board with him after the second Kingsman movie, and then I saw fucking Robin Hood, and I'm just kind of like... Uh, you can't blame that movie on him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he accepted the project. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. He, he uh, like, even though the problem with that movie was writing and directing, he was still the face of that movie. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And, like, he still could have, like, I don't know, maybe he did speak up and be like, I don't think this is a very good idea, but... I don't know. Yeah. Like, did you ever watch that after? Nope. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought about it a few times and I said, you know what? I could watch something else instead. So yeah. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> um let's see, what have I watched? I'm partway through Jessica Jones season three. I'll wait till I'm done with that to talk about it. Okay. Um yeah. I did watch the new DC animated movie, um, Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Which was a lot of fun. Uh, the art style for the turtles was a bit different. Okay. But um, I don't want to spoil things for this one. Um, okay. Like, obviously you can speculate that 
you know, it's called Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so it starts off they're opposing to each other, and safe to assume well, that they team up by the end. Of course, yeah. But this movie was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it also made me ponder, like, the matchup of Batman versus Shredder, because they're similar. Like, Batman has, like, those, like, little claw things on his forearms and Shredder has similar things and like their cowls slash helmets are similar shaped at times and like both very proficient in hand to hand combat it's a very interesting matchup yeah yeah hmm. um it, it was fun I have it here on DVD if you want to borrow it sometime I might have to do that yeah cause it it's definitely worth the watch. Um, what else have I seen? I saw Detective Pikachu, which if oh. you want to get more into, we can. And you, I saw we can. I I actually saw Detective Pikachu as well. We I saw um, like I was texting you the other night. I saw a horror movie from 2016 called Terrifier. Yes. And holy fuck, was it a lot of fun. It, you've got me convinced. I need to watch it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is shot like it's an 80s movie. Nice. Like, it seems like it was made in, like, 1989. Hmm. But just, like... I can't remember the actor's name, but the dude who plays Art the Clown, just, like... His mannerisms are just like I was hooked on his mannerisms mostly nice like just the things he does and the way he moves and I was just like oh man like I like I want to see a sequel to this movie just so I can see more of that character yeah yeah I'm into it I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a watch maybe this week yeah you definitely should it's not a super long movie either. It's only like an hour 40. Uh, I think I looked at it and it was like an hour and 24 minutes. Like super fucking short. Yeah, like I, I watched it on my break at work. It, it was like, I don't know if the atmosphere of watching it on break on night shift kind of made it even better. But no, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the atmosphere can definitely lend itself Oh, yeah. There. So do you want to talk about Detective Pikachu for a minute? Yeah, let's do that. We don't need to get into uh, spoiler territory on this one. Or we can. Um, there are there are surprisingly some spoilers for this. Yeah. Overall thoughts? Uh, it was fun. I went and saw it twice. Uh, yeah. With two different uh, sets of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fun. I, like, the twist in the movie was kind of cool. Um, yeah, the twist, plural. There yeah. Were, there were two big ones in, near the end there. Yep. One I saw coming from a mile away, though. Yeah? Like, as soon as one thing happened, I was like, I know what's going to happen at the end. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I don't know when I caught that, but uh, yeah. I was disappointed that certain Pokemon weren't in the movie, but I understand why they weren't, because of all the time and money it would have taken to render, like, yeah. I mean, there's over 800 Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. So, know. like, all the time and money it would have taken to render every Pokemon and do their motion capture and their voices and just, like, everything like that, like, you know, like, it made sense why they used... Like, they had, like, just for the sake of the argument, or, well, the point, we'll just say 20 Pokemon, and they used those 20 Pokemon so frequently throughout the movie. Like, there was a lot of Weaviles, there was a lot of Panchamps, there was a lot of, you know, like, Snubbles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it made sense why, you know, they did that from, like, a movie-making standpoint. And, like, budgetary reasons and shit like that. Like, that made a lot of sense. There was a lot of Pokemon that I really liked that weren't in the movie. And I was kind of bummed about that. But, at the same time, I understood it. Which, you know, also makes sense for the new Pokemon Sword and Shield games coming out. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That That's a, that's a topic for another episode. Yeah. Um... I, I agree. I thought it was a lot of fun. I I think this is maybe a good blueprint for other video games being adapted to film. Yeah. Like just put Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah. There you go. It, instead of just trying to straight up adapt the story one for one, just make uh, you make your own story that exists in this universe. Yeah. And you know use the universe to base parts of the story on like it i feel like i feel like this was one of the better video game movies i've seen just in that it didn't disrespect the franchise and it's and that universe and it's like it's rules but it didn't really play by them either you know what i mean like it didn't you didn't have okay here's your pokemon trainer here's his starter here's his journey here's your gym this whole thing but it did set up, you know, like, yeah, this guy did want to be a Pokemon trainer at one point. Um, and here's this futuristic world where people and Pokemon coexist, and, you know, it, it works as a good basis for the story. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it, and I would, I would love to watch it again. Like, I wouldn't call it the deepest movie. I wouldn't call it, you know, it, there's, in terms of substance it's not you know the messages are pretty much on the surface here yeah but um i don't really have much bad to say about the movie i don't i don't really have many complaints here no i i like i said like i there were there were Pokemon I wanted to see that I didn't see, and that's my biggest complaint. But, like I said, I understand why they weren't there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too big of a complaint. Yeah, it's fair. I wanted to see a Rhydon. Or a Crookedon. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah. Or a Houndoom. And those Pokemon weren't there. And it's like, okay, that sucks, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Personally, some of my favorites actually made the cut. Got Bulbasaur, got Gengar. You know? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd highly recommend it. I, did, I wasn't really prepared for this, but um, do you want to score it? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, I can I can get a score together pretty quick here, I think. I'm just kind of piecing it together in my head. I think I might give it five slices. Five? I think I'd go as high as six. Yeah, maybe five and a crust. It's not something I'm going to be rushing out to buy when it comes out on DVD, but, like, if it ends up on Netflix, like, I'd watch it again. Yeah, I could see this being a movie, like, I have uh, on my Netflix uh, list a lot of movies that are like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be paying attention. Here's, you know, one of my infinitely rewatchable movies. Yeah. I feel like this is a pretty rewatchable movie. This could end up making the cut for, you know throwing on and going to bed sort of thing yeah like a background noise while you're doing the dishes type movie exactly yeah um yeah i and i don't know if they're planning on making more of these but i'd go see those too i i definitely sure. would yeah yeah i i would stick with somewhere between five and a crust to six slices i'm gonna i'm gonna lock it in at five and a crust Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, two more movie-related things before we move on. This is going to be a long episode, but we had a lot to catch up on. Yep. Um, some updates to the Matt Reeves Batman movie since we last recorded. Um, Robert Pattinson officially cast as Batman. Yes. So, we talked about this potential before... And I, th I think we covered a lot of it in terms of, you know, the guy has the guy has more acting talent than Twilight would let you believe. Yes. And, um, you know, I need to go watch more of his other stuff. Uh, I've heard Good Time and High Life and there was another one. There's a couple movies in particular that people said he's really good in. Um, the Lost City of Z was the other one, which is apparently... Robert Pattinson, uh, Charlie Hunnam, and Tom Holland in, like, an adventure movie. Wow. So, yeah, I know. I, that's one I really need to watch. Um, but what's interesting is, apparently, this movie may delve into the Bat family a little bit. And is supposed to feature quite the rogues gallery. Um... The, uh, so I, I made a list of the rumors here. The rumor is that the lineup in this movie is going to be Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, and Firefly. Which, Firefly is a, like a curveball there. I didn't really expect Firefly to be in this movie. But uh, the rumors here, there's, there's a couple rumors that have uh, surfaced in terms of casting. Um, first... Chloe Grace Moretz is being eyed for Catwoman. Wow. I kind of like that. I mean, she pulled off Hit Girl all those years ago. So that'd be interesting. Um, there was um, there was a really misleading article that I saw last night. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, the one that's like... I'm looking at it right now. Batman actor Robert Pattinson 
had to drop movie or something like that. Yeah. The Batman star Robert Pattinson drops movie due to scheduling conflict. That makes it sound like he quit the Batman. He did not. He did not. Yeah. He quit another movie. He quit um, the sequel to The Souvenir. Okay. Which was yeah. due to start filming next month. But the way that um, article like is titled... Yeah. Uh, like, it makes it seem like he's dropping the Batman. That's some straight-up clickbait shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that the other night, too, and I, I was... I clicked on it, you know, like, very quickly. Like, oh, shit, did he... You know, is he not playing Batman anymore? And no. It's not the case. Yeah. Um, Josh Gad is officially not playing Penguin. Or at least as of right now, he's not playing Penguin. He made a statement about it. He's, he's wanted to play Penguin for a while. And he's made some references on social media that people took to mean he was casted. But he... He made a statement, and he was like, no, no, no. As of right now, I'm, you know, I'm not even in talks. Um, yeah. But the rumor apparently now is that Toby Jones might be playing Penguin. Uh, Toby Jones you might know as Dr. Arnim Zola from the Captain America movies. Nice. I think he'd be a good fit. He, honestly, he reminds me a little bit of the guy that played Penguin in the Adam West Batman series. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kind of has that look about him. Uh, and he's a great actor, so I could I could see that working. While looking for that Batman article, I just came across the trailer that was released 14 uh, uh, hours ago for Scream Resurrection. Oh, new Scream movie. Uh, looks like it's a Scream series. Scream series, okay. Yes. Another one? Yeah, I think it's on VH1. VH1. So, se- so separate from the Netflix hmm. series. That is interesting. Which was alright. Okay. The Netflix series was alright. I still haven't got around to that one. I really should. Yeah, you should watch it just to say you watched it. I mean, is it the best thing ever? No. Is it the worst thing? No. But yeah, as soon as enough. we're done recording, I'm going to watch that trailer. Cast includes Mary J. Blige, Kiki Palmer, Tyler Posey. Uh, interesting. Okay. Okay. I could be into that. Um, Mary J. Blige surprised me as an actress, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's much better than expected. She was really good in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, she was. She was one of the highlights of that show for me, actually. Yeah. I I agree with that. Um uh, should also mention Umbrella Academy renewed for season two. They're starting production on that. I uh, will definitely be watching. Um, I'll watch it. Um, towards the end of the season, I was getting a bit more uh, with it. Like especially like the ending with Vanya. Yeah. Because that seemed straight up like, like. With the parallels that people were drawing between Umbrella Academy and the X-Men. And then to have that yeah. scene, it was just... It was reminiscent of, um... 
X-Men 3 Last Stand, the whole, like, Dark Phoenix thing with Famke Jensen. Yeah. Where, like, you know, her power, like, her powers were too big for her to control, so she was basically, like, instead of being told that they didn't exist, she was, you know, being, like, you know, having her powers, like, dampened, basically. And then they yeah. got out of control, and people are, like, trying to stop her before she destroys everything, and... Yeah, it, it just seemed very, like, way too familiar. Yeah. That's fair. Um, should we take the time to talk about Dark Phoenix? Like, neither of us have seen it, but holy shit, this movie tanked. I I haven't heard much of anything about this movie, which, I don't know, when it comes to movies, I tend to be of the mind that no news is bad news. Okay. Because, like, normally with things, like, when it comes to, like, if someone I know is traveling or if they're gone somewhere or something, like... I tend to be of the mind, no news is good news. Like, if I don't hear from them, it means nothing's wrong. If something was wrong, I would have heard about it by now. Yeah. But, when it comes to movies and TV shows, like, obviously, if they're bad, and I hear about it, then I'm like, okay, they're probably bad. But, if I don't hear anything, I also kind of assume it's bad, because then either people, A, aren't going... Or B, like, aren't raving about how good it is. Yeah. I I agree in the same way, because, like, frankly, I'll take a bad movie over a boring movie any day. Yeah. So me not if, hearing anything about this movie since it's come out, I'm just kind of like, ooh, so people probably aren't going or they're, like, too mm-hmm. bored to talk about it. Yeah. How long have we been predicting this movie was going to be a steaming pile of shit? Uh, um, since we found out that it was being made. Yeah, so like two years. Yeah. Um, Once but, again, we're right on the predictions. <laughs> yeah, really though. Um, so, like, I mean, we haven't seen it, you know, so we're only really talking from uh, speculation, I guess. But... Um, I did hear the quote that this is the single worst X-Men related movie that has been made including X-Men Origins Wolverine, Apocalypse The Last Stand, all those Um, That's harsh Yeah, I've heard that's what I'm hearing So That is super harsh That could be an interesting watch when we get around to it I'll watch it just Uh, to say I watched it Oh, yeah, like, you know, I've watched all the other ones so far, so I might as well sit through this, too. Even I've if rewatched all the other ones. That's See, that's further than I'm willing to go, because there are some of those I will never watch again. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm I'm quite all right. Emily and I rewatched uh, X-Men Origins half recently. Okay. You She'd know, never I... seen it before, and I wanted to show her what bad Deadpool was. And it's that one's worth watching just for the references in Deadpool. Yeah. Because I th- feel like they did a really good job making fun of that in both Deadpool movies. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. Uh, one more little uh, movie-related thing we have to touch on before we move on. Um, did you hear the news that there is potentially a new Matrix movie in the works? I um, did not. Being directed by the Wachowskis. Okay. And apparently starring Michael B. Jordan. Really? Yeah. Now, that's all the official word. Or, sorry, not official. I don't know if there's an actual statement out on this yet. But the word is um, everyone's speculating now and thinking that he could be playing a young Morpheus. That'd be cool. I'd be into it. Like, the room, the actual rumor is Michael B. Jordan in a new Matrix movie directed by the Wachowskis. Based on that, everyone is saying, you know, it seems like a young Morpheus would be a good fit. Yeah. I could see it. Um, if it's not a young Morpheus movie and, like, it's a new matrix movie like a sequel not like a prequel or anything like that oh my god i can hear the butt hurt already yeah oh yeah absolutely which is funny because let's be real make matrix revolutions and uh what's the other one matrix um, reloaded reloaded they weren't good movies like they no. really weren't the first one was amazing and it yeah, was all downhill absolutely. from there yeah. There were some pretty decent fight scenes in the sequels, but like they just weren't really good movies. No. Um and which is funny because the first Matrix is like an all time favorite. Yeah. Um I mean, maybe they'll do like the Halloween thing and just be like, Hey, here's a sequel to The Matrix. Fuck the sequels that we already released. Uh we're gonna fix shit. I mean, maybe it's just something with this new character that's going on parallel to uh, Reloaded and like you know it's a sequel to the first movie but it has nothing to do with the events in the second and third yeah you really could expand on that universe yeah it's just happening parallel to it or something yeah maybe I don't uh, know I, I'm in I'm favor a- of the young Morpheus movie though yeah I mean, like I, I would that would go, be oh. pretty cool because I mean Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus like he's one of the best characters in that movie easily oh yeah like the way he like when he shows up like at first he's just like so just cool about everything and like when he's teaching Neo how to fight and he's like schooling him at first like teaching yeah. Neo how to, like, use the Matrix and everything. It's a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, that cast is really good anyway, like, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, Keanu Reeves, Hugo Weaving. Yep. Just solid cast. Yep. Um, speaking of Keanu Reeves, um, our, our society has gone into full Keanu Reeves fever lately. Yeah, that's that's been a thing. He's our um, meme of the month. Yeah. Uh, did you catch all the E three stuff with him? I did not. 
oh my god, it is worth looking into. Um, I think I talked about this on a recent episode of Final Form, uh, and on my E3 uh, reviews and whatnot. Like, so, I, I know that he was playing a character in the Cyberpunk game. Yeah, so they revealed that at the Xbox press conference. And then Keanu came out on stage to talk about his experience with the game and to get everybody hyped up, pretty much. Yeah. And somebody in the audience... Okay, so so Keanu says, like, oh, living in the... Like, you know, living in this, this cyberpunk world, it's it's breathtaking. And then someone in the audience shouts... You're breathtaking. Yeah, you're breathtaking. And then Keanu very excitedly points back at the audience member and says, no, you're breathtaking. And it's just a really, really great bit. I loved it. Um, He's just a wholesome dude. He really is. He's been dubbed the internet's boyfriend, and I love that. Yeah. I I love everything that's happening with Keanu Reeves right now. And I'm really excited to see John Wick 3. Um, It was here, but I didn't go see it because I still haven't seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. Second one was good. It didn't. It wasn't quite the first one, but like, it's still. If the first one didn't exist, John Wick Two would be one of the best action movies of the last ten, twenty years. You know. Yeah. Um. So, you want to talk about E three a little bit? Like, you got any thoughts on any of these games that are coming out? I didn't watch much of E three. I was mostly watching the Nintendo Treehouse. Okay, yeah. I kind of figured that. I watched Nintendo's live stream from E3, uh, what I caught of it. Because, like I said, I I work nights, busy schedule. I was working nights when it happened, got off work at 8 a.m., and I had to work again that night at 8 a.m. So, like, I was asleep most of the day. Yeah, and then I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, I turned it on just to catch what I could catch. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And that—that's really all I've watched of E3. Okay. Did you see any of the Star Wars or Avengers stuff? Uh, I saw a trailer for the Avengers game. Yep. I don't know what I think of it so far. I feel like the character design is a big, um. It's probably the most divisive part of this game. Yeah. Either, like, it, it it ruins the whole experience for some people, and, like, for me personally, I'm I'm totally on board for this game, but I can understand why somebody wouldn't be. Uh, I'll wait and see some gameplay, some trailers, read some reviews before I decide if I'm going to play it. Yeah, game I'm fair. going to get, though... Speaking of Avengers, is the new Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Yeah, yeah. Big on those games. Like, did you play the first two? I did play the first two, and I very much enjoyed them. And I watched a bit of the gameplay, like when they were doing the treehouse on this one. And like actual Marvel writers wrote the game, and uh, it nice. was showing two of the Nintendo staff like actually like playing the game like co-op and stuff and I was just like this looks you know like a new Marvel Ultimate Alliance and awesome. so I, I'm i definitely going to get that game 
Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't. Did you see any of the Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order stuff? I did not. I recommend checking that out. There's like 15 minutes of gameplay. Um, shows off all the lightsaber stuff. There's like um, they treated the lightsaber fighting more like sword fighting in a game. So like your posture, um, and like and blocking and and so on kind of makes a difference in the lightsaber stuff. Um, I they they revealed that uh, Rogue One characters are going to be in this game. Like, uh, Forrest Whitaker's Saw Gerrera is in there, and, uh, not K2SO, but the same model okay. of droid is in the game, and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm, I'm on board for that game as well. Speaking of K2SO, that just reminded me, I've seen Aladdin. Oh. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alan Tudyk, <laughs> okay. okay. You're like, how did that connection come about? <laughs> I, I, my mind went Alan Tudyk, yeah, and then I was like, wait, no, Alan Tudyk's not the genie. That's Will Smith. Yeah, and then I remembered he's Iago, right? We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> okay, okay. You know what? Uh, have it. Let's let's do it right now. Uh, future episode, we will rank the live action Disney movies, like the yeah, live action Disney adaptations. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. It's settled. Whenever, whenever awesome. I see Aladdin, we'll come back to it. So, I guess the last E3 thing I've really wanted to ask you about is all this Zelda stuff. There was a lot of Zelda news. Yes. Um, any of these games float your boat here? Link's Awakening or... Link's uh, Awakening, I am 100% on board for and have been excited for and I will be getting... Yeah, okay. I kind of thought so. It seemed really up your alley. I also like the the dungeon maker. Yeah, that's... A little element to it. That seems pretty fucking cool. Like, it's not full-on, like, Mario Maker type shit. Like, can you imagine, though? Like, a full-on Mario Maker-style dungeon maker? Oh, that would be God. insanity. They gotta be, um, they gotta be working towards that. I hope so. Um... So that one would be cool. Speaking of Mario Maker, that looks pretty good too. Yeah. Um. Uh, the trailer for the sequel to Breath of the Wild looks so good. Yeah. Like Breath of the Wild, amazing game. Uh, but that sequel looks like that just screams Ganondorf to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we didn't have Ganondorf in Breath of the Wild. We had, like, a new version of Ganon. And it was really good. I thought it was a fantastic boss. But to have a version of Ganondorf in these movies? Who, buddy? I'm on board. I was going to say, it looks like you can maybe play as Zelda. Potentially. And, and maybe there might be a co-op aspect to the game. Which would be cool. Yeah. Um, did you see the um, Necrodancer Zelda? I did, game? yeah. That looks interesting. Uh, it looks interesting. It doesn't look like something I would play. Because I feel like I would get too frustrated with like the having to move on beat. 
thing. Mm, yeah. But I did watch a bit of the gameplay of it. Uh, the music in that game, I love. Like, the um, remix they have of the Grudo Valley okay. theme was so catchy. And, like, apparently the bosses are going to be, like, music-themed. So instead of the Armos Knights, it was the bass Guitarmos Knights. <laughs> nice. And I thought that that was fucking clever. Yeah, I like that. Like, I had a hearty chuckle at that one. Yeah. That's good. I like that. It it doesn't seem like something I would play, but I enjoy watching it. Like... I would watch someone play it, but I don't know if I would play it myself. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I have games like that. that. That's that's my feel for that game Yeah, right now. I mean, maybe I'll go somewhere and someone will have it, and they'll be like, hey, do you want to try? And I'll try it, and I'll get totally hooked. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, as of right now, it that's my take on it. It's something I would watch, but I don't have a lot of interest in playing. Yeah. Um, now, on the topic of video games, do you want to talk about, yes. like, is there anything new you've been playing lately? Um, well, on the video game topic, um, I'm excited for uh, the new Luigi's Mansion. Oh, yeah, that's right, too, with the Gooigi. Yeah. I like that. I'm, um, I'm into it. I like the Luigi's Mansion games. They're a lot of fun. So this one looks like it's right up my alley. Um, Emily's excited for Animal Crossing. I am. Like, Animal Crossing is one of the games that could maybe sell me a Switch. Yeah, I... I'm not really a fan. Like, I've played maybe, like, five minutes of them, and, like, it's not my style of game. Yeah, that's fair. But when it comes out, we will definitely have a copy in this house for Emily. Awesome. Um, and then, well, uh, Banjo-Kazooie getting added to Smash. That was cool as fuck. Yep, yep. Forgot about the Smash about Bros. Time. stuff. Yep. And... Well, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Of course, yeah. I forgot. Like, I, I forgot to mention that. that. I I assume you're like all in on this. I one. already have the combo pack pre-ordered. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm playing a game right now that I pre-ordered. The first pre-order I've made in like fucking five years. Um, Crash Team Racing. Nice. The remaster. I- I played the original. It was a lot of fun. I did not play the original ever. <laughs> like maybe once for 5 minutes, I don't know. I don't I have no memories of this game as a kid. But Charlotte was big on it. And she played a ton of it as a kid and she wanted to get their hands on this and I was being I was just basically like, "Hey, this looks like something to fill that Mario Kart void for me." So, yeah. you know, uh, let's do it. And the fact that um, they have announced you will not have to pay for anything. You buy this game. You can unlock everything in-game. 
and any future DLC is free. Um, apparently Spyro is going to be added as a playable character for free at some point. Which oh, is shit. Yeah, right. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so I've only had this game for a couple days, really. It is... We're recording this on a Tuesday. I got the game on Friday. Um, so I don't have... Like, I, I have a bit to say, but, like, it's all kind of tentative. Um, I will say this game has so much in it because they, they took all the tracks from Crash Team Racing and added a bunch of tracks from Crash Nitro Kart. So, like, there are, I think, 28 different tracks you can play on. Um, I don't know how many characters. There's, like, 25 to 30 characters. Um, every single character has a dozen or so skins you can unlock. There's, uh, I want to guess, maybe 20 different carts. Uh, roughly the same sets of tires for the cars, the, the paint job, the decals. Unlockables all over the place. And game modes, it's the same thing. There's adventure mode, um, relic race, single race, online, uh, fucking cup mode, battle royale. Oh, sorry, not battle royale, but the battle mode, almost like Mario Kart, you know? Um, there's, like, the game modes are endless. The, um, the unlockables are crazy, and it's just really fun. It's, like, the graphics are fantastic it it has that high energy arcade cartoon racer feel and um surprising amount of difficulty i gotta say it's not the easiest game like i figured coming from mario kart 8 having like i have no idea six seven hundred hours of gameplay in that one punched i would have some sort of transferable skills and I was absolutely wrong because none of my skills transferred over to Crash Team Racing and I'm basically learning from like f from the ground up here um, yeah but I'm having a lot of fun with it and actually as soon as we're done recording today I'm going to hop back into adventure mode and try and unlock some more stuff um, yeah I, I really I'm really enjoying Crash Team Racing I'm gonna no, I'm not going to score it yet because I it's only been a couple days. I'm going to wait, come back to this on the next episode maybe and give it a proper score. Um, the other game I wanted to talk about because I have been playing... I've been absolutely addicted to a game that's not even that new. Um, Stardew Valley. Are you familiar Emily with it? Emily played a lot of that. It is so addicting. I love this game. Um, it's not a new game, but you know what? Before I even talk about the game, I'm scoring this thing. This is an eight-slice game for me. Like, this is a full fucking pizza. This is a pizza I'd want to get extras of. I, I want to come back and order a second pizza. Um... Man, it's just like it's just so relaxing. It's nice having a game where like you don't have um, any kind of end game you're working towards. You don't have to worry about stuff. You can just chill out and plant some crops and go feed your chickens. And I don't know, man. I'm I like when I uh, get off work late at night, I'll come home and I'll 
sit down and just wind down playing Stardew Valley. And it is the best time I've had with a video game in years. Um, I will mention my farm is called Cash Money Farms. And um, I have four cows named after the immortal characters of Entourage, Vinny, E, Drama, and Turtle. Um, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with naming stuff in that game. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I wanted to talk about those two games because I actually had video games that I've been playing for once. I'm playing... I'm also playing something that's not that new. Um, I've been practicing a combo randomizer of Link to the Past and Super Metroid. Nice. And I can play me some Link to the Past, but my skills need a lot of sharpening in Super Metroid. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's that's been a bit of a grind for me to try and... Like, I've been watching... Like, people who are much better. Like, I've been watching the tournaments of these randomizers and stuff like that. Trying to, like, figure out all the hidden item locations and, like, all the tricks and stuff like that. And then I'll hop into a game and, like, try some stuff myself. Like, it's... it's Yeah, there's a bit of a learning curve there. Yeah. Um, Getting better with wall jumps, but still not to the level a lot of these guys are, and yeah. Uh, speaking of the Legend of Zelda randomizers, um, mm-hmm. Summer Games Done Quick is back on. SGDQ is on right now. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, Sunday, June 23rd until Sunday, June 30th. And Shit. based on our current time, at the time of this recording... Uh, Punch Out is being played. I got a little bit I'm of. I'm looking s- up the schedule right now. Legend. Well, the reason I mention it, Legend of Zelda Randomizer comes on at uh, nine fourteen tonight. That's yeah. I'll be at work. Nine fourteen Newfoundland time. Um, Who's playing it, Andy? I'm not sure. I just jotted down some of the times of games for today. Uh, they're going to Punch Out right now. Then it's Pokemon Crystal, Zelda Randomizer, and Super Mario Sunshine. But they got their whole schedule online, and yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Anyone who doesn't, who isn't familiar with Summer Games Done Quick, um, Games Done Quick, they do week long gaming marathons, um, speedrunning marathons in particular, and if I'm not mistaken, it all goes to Doctors Without Borders. I believe so. It that, has in previous years. Yeah, that's that was the the. Um, the charity I always associated with them. I could be wrong there. But, uh, yeah, go there, check out some speed runs, make some donations, have a look at their schedule. They do a lot. Like Turtles in Time is getting played. Oh, nice. Any percent co-op. Does that mean there's skips and glitches in Turtles in Time that I've never heard of? I have no idea. I'm curious now. I, I, when, when is that? Yeah. I, I need to watch it. Oh, shit. On Saturday. Oh, there you go. I see it. Link to the Past Super Metroid Combo Randomizer being run by Andy and Ivan, two of the best guys at these games. Nice. Like, I follow Andy on Twitch, 
and like pretty much every tournament of um, the combo or just Link to the Past, Andy is in the top two. Nice. Like the dude is ridiculously good at these games, but like every day I'm just getting notifications from Twitch being like, Andy is playing Link to the Past. Andy is playing Link to the Past. Yeah, like the dude is so good. Well, I know what I'm doing when we stop recording now. Yeah. If if I had uh, noticed that one there, that would have obviously been the one I mentioned. Um, but, yeah, if you want to go check out that stuff, you can find them on Twitch, or you can go over to gamesdonequick.com and make a donation. Yep. Yeah. And it goes towards a good cause, of course. So. Hell yeah, it does. Um, we're almost two months late. Do you want to talk about Avengers Endgame, finally? <laughs> sure. Um, how we go... Uh, should we do a spoiler-free section? I don't even know anymore. Um, uh, I mean, who hasn't seen this movie? Well, I know people. Uh, I know Mitchell hasn't seen it because he hasn't seen Infinity War yet, and I think he might do a double feature night, which I'm, I'm I'm a little jealous of the fact that he gets to see those movies for the first time back to back. But um, but there's other movies between them too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, there's a certain character who plays a bigger role than you'd expect. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, let's let's just put the spoiler warning here right now. Um, yeah. If you have not seen Avengers Endgame, um, well, I mean, spoiler alert, we liked it. Um, but if you don't want this yeah. movie spoiled for you, then uh, you might want to skip this part. Yep. Yeah. Um... But otherwise, you know, you're probably going to want to skip, like, pretty much the rest of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. Something, something, drop out, and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll catch you on the next one. Um, so, Endgame. Where do you even start with this movie? Um, it was the culmination of... Um, 11 years of movies the biggest interconnected the, the biggest film event in history pretty much and I think it landed real well it stuck the landing here yeah it stuck the superhero landing yeah exactly I don't even know where to, where to get started on this movie it like you got to see it a few times, right? I've seen it three times in theaters. Hmm. I saw it the once, um, and it it I mean I remember it very well. <laughs> nothing, you know, it, it, it's not uh, there's nothing hazy about this for me. It was very much a stand standout movie, um, and I've said in the past that I'm more of the like I I like the standalone Marvel movies a little better than the team up ones. But yeah. Infinity War and Endgame definitely changed that for me. Because these are these are top tier Marvel movies. Oh my god, yes. 
I would I would put Endgame in my top five. I can hear your dog snoring in the background yeah. and it's music. I'm sure you can, and I'm sure the listeners can hear Bana snoring, which is preferable yep. to Bana running around barking. And, and yeah. Not even barking, just running around and slamming all sixty pounds of herself into whatever gets in her way. She is <laughs> a wrecking ball of a dog. Yeah. And it is wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah, no no regrets at all with getting this dog. Um, <laughs> so Endgame. Fuck, I don't even Yeah. Um one thing I, I found about this movie is it's not your typical Marvel movie. It doesn't play out in the way that you expect. Because Yeah. You know, for the most part superhero movies have their, you know, here's the intro, here's the setup, um, here is the fun first little bit, here is the conflict, we need to solve the problem, here's the big battle. That's it. Yeah. Endgame does not follow that in any way. Um, no. We're we're in spoiler territory. You've been... There is nothing fun about how this movie starts. No. Oh, it's so bleak. Oh God. The I just I wasn't even thinking about that, but I just forgot the 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 opening with Hawkeye. Holy shit. Yep. Um. Just Hawkeye basically having this family barbecue type thing, and he turns around and. His family disappears, and all he sees are ashes. Yep. Fucking cold open. I have shivers just thinking about that. Uh, yeah. Like, as soon as... Like, the first time I saw the movie, as soon as I realized what was about to happen, like, I started welling up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, buddy. It's an emotional movie. It's a very, very emotional movie. Um, but, like, not just with the opening, but... I mean, again, spoiler territory. You've been warned if you don't want to hear this. Um, Thanos is decapitated 20 minutes in. That happens. That's not the direction you expect. And then the rest of the movie is them trying to bring back the people they've lost um, through use of time travel. Which is... A soup like it that arc of a movie that specific uh, emotional cold, cold open very emotional um, sad movie in times with the big enemy being killed early on and then time travel like I've never I don't think that's ever been done before I don't think so no I can't think of anything a movie that's even vaguely like this. Nope. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye gets... This is probably the best Hawkeye movie in all of the MCU. Because Hawkeye really gets a time to shine here. Uh, and Ant-Man. And Ant-Man, yes. Um, like, if... There's my problem with um, watching these two movies back to back for the first time. If you haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah, like that fills in a gap there. It does. Yeah, it's um, 
And I was thinking about that. I was trying to narrow down, like, what movies should you see before you see Endgame? And it's really hard to pick and choose because Endgame ties up loose ends from almost every Marvel movie. Yes. Even Thor The Dark World is essential viewing before Endgame. Yes. That's mind-blowing. I never expected I would call that movie essential in any way. No, me either. Um, yeah. Thor. We should talk about Thor. Um. Yeah. So, I got into some Twitter arguments with people over the whole Thor thing. Um, a lot of people were very hurt at the portrayal of not just... Okay, so, so Thor gets PTSD from the whole Thanos thing. And he lets himself go a little bit and becomes fat. And, yeah. like, it's played for jokes a little bit, but apparently a lot of people, it rubbed them the wrong way. They thought it was insensitive. They thought it was, you know, whatever, this and that. And I won't... I, I'm not going to tell those people they're wrong. Because if someone watched a movie and was genuinely hurt by something on screen. I can't tell them they're wrong. Their feelings are valid. You know? Yep. They felt that way. But I do disagree. Personally, I thought, uh, as as a fat man myself, um, I thought it was... On Batman? I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed how they did this. Um, because, yeah, like there are jabs made at Thor's weight. But there are jabs made at everything in all of these Avengers movies. They're constantly making fun of each other. Like, they make fun of... Like, Rocket makes jabs at Thor's weight, but what doesn't Rocket make fun of? Exactly. And, And it's not just Rocket, because, like, the Avengers have been making jabs at each other since they met. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's base. That's the basis of Tony and Steve's friendship, is the fact that yeah. you know, oh, you're you're a rich asshole. Oh, well, you're old as fuck. You know. Yeah. That's it's what these movies are based around, and honestly, in real life, it's what friendships are based around. You know each other well enough that you can make fun of each other, you can make jabs at, at things that uh, that strangers cannot. I mean, what were, like, yeah, like, Tony might have made a comment about Thor's weight. Yeah. He also called him Lebowski and stuff like that. But, like, what was the first thing Tony said to Thor in this entire franchise? Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? Exactly, right? Um, but the thing that I've really liked about how they did this is, okay, so Thor has not only gained a bunch of weight but he is not himself he has severe PTSD he's not coping Mm -hmm. at all yeah through a series of events he ends up talking to his deceased mother um in the setting of Thor the Dark World and it's really emotional to see them talking and whatnot. Um, oh yeah but she basically pulls him out of the um, the funk that he's in pulls him back out and from the second he c- 
calls out to Mjolnir because at this time in this timeline Mjolnir still exists. Yep. Then because Hela hasn't broken it exactly. yet. Exactly. Thor is his old self again. He's back, but they don't all of a sudden make him muscular and ripped. They they he's still fat. He still gained the weight, but I like the message that hey. You can be this uh, overweight guy, and you can still be God of Thunder, this mighty warrior. And yeah, like, and in the final battle, he is still big. He's still huge, but that doesn't, you know, it's it's basically saying that like, hey, what's on the outside? That's not what the issue is here. You need to get yourself right mentally again. You gotta, you gotta, you know. Pick. Do some self-care. Exactly. Self-care does not necessarily need to be about the physical appearance. No. I thought it was a really nice message. I thought it was good how they did that. But, you know, some people didn't see it the same way. And How many of those people were just upset because Thor wasn't as hot to them anymore? No, no, it's not that. It's not that. Because I, 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 I saw a bit of that, too. Oh, uh, well, see, that's just people being shitty. Um... But, like, I think a, a big part of it for some people was there were times in this movie that his weight was not necessarily the joke, but people are, are generally shitty, and uh, I, I would imagine a large part of the audience used that as a point of laughter, uh, yeah. of laughing at parts that weren't maybe the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, like, a lot of it was less about... Uh, a lot of the fat jokes were less about, oh, look at him, he is fat, and more about, holy shit, this is the god of thunder. This is, you know, the the one of the, the, the strongest beings that the Earth has ever seen, and he has a beer god. Which, yeah. you know, it's, it's the absurdity of it, but, you know, is what it is. A literal god having a panic attack. Right? Which, I thought that panic attack was done very well. Yeah. It it was believable. Uh, Chris Hemsworth acting in this movie I thought was outstanding. It, it showed a different side of Thor, and it showed a different aspect of, you know, Chris Hemsworth's abilities to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought he did it well. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else do you want to touch on here? Endgame, there's so much. It's such a big movie with so much to talk about. And it's coming back again with six more minutes of footage. I know. Which is basically Marvel being like, fuck you, Avatar, we're taking your title. Um, yeah. And I don't know if people think that that's cheating or whatever, but... A, like Avatar went back to theaters, so yeah, you know it's whatever. Um, let's see. We should probably talk about Steve and Tony and yeah their journeys. Um, I guess we'll talk Tony first. Um, you. You know, people who didn't even see the movie might know this by now, but Tony Stark has died. Yes. 
And holy shit, that that scene is fucking hard to watch. Well, I mean, even if you watch the trailers for the newer trailers for Spider-Man Homecoming, you know that. Uh, Far From Home, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, the day after me and you went to see this movie, I was driving with Charlotte, and she said straight up, she said, you can talk about this movie, I don't mind spoilers, so you know, you can go into it a bit if you want to. So, I did. And I started recalling a couple specific scenes, and it ended with us, her not having seen the movie, and me having seen it the night before, driving through Cornerbrook, both crying. <laughs> we Right? Like, like, just talking about the scene. Um, oh man. I'm just thinking of some lines now that choke me up, just thinking about them, like... Uh, Tony, seconds, like, basically seconds from dying, and Peter telling him we won Mr. Stark... Yep. It's fucking brutal. It is fucking hard to watch. Uh, Incredibly. And the whole funeral scene, all of it, all of it. It's just one of the more emotional scenes that I've seen on film. And I think, I think the 11 years leading up to it really add to it. It adds to the emotional impact of the movie. Um definitely does man uh, you know what um, fuck I'm all over the place here because there's just so much to say um, I, I really like how they did Tony's arc in this movie with yep. him not wanting to be a part of it because he has a kid and he doesn't want to ruin any chance of that future. Um, it plays well. It plays emotionally. Yep, it definitely does. And it's and apparently Robert Downey Jr.'s um, calling for uh, Iron Man to be replaced by a character that I'm not familiar with, but. It's a female Iron Man, and I believe, like, you know, this could be Tony's daughter. Mm. Like... The uh, Ironheart character? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've been speculating for a while. I thought they might which, reveal... Which I would rather than more Gwyneth Paltrow, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. We've had enough goop in the MCU. Yep. We don't, we don't need, uh, you know... The, the next Infinity Gauntlet with instead of the Infinity Stones like the Infinity Jade Eggs or whatever we don't need that um, yeah but Thanos I, can't find them because they're in my vagina <laughs> Jesus Christ um, I was expecting this for a while they still haven't really announced it but I got a feeling they're gonna go for a Young Avengers like it it's laid out there. You have the potential young Hawkeye replacement. Um, you've got the potential for Ironheart. Um, K- 
Cassie Lang as a potential, I don't know, ant, woman, wasp, whatever you want to do there. Yeah. There's a lot, like, I mean, and you already have Peter Parker, who is still very young. A young Avengers could work. It definitely could. And I guess we should talk about Captain America and what they did with his story. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, for for years now, we've expected this to be the death of Captain America, and yep, it's it's, it's cool how they managed to end his story without killing him in a way. Um. So he goes back in time to replace all the Infinity Stones in the timelines or whatever, and he decides to stay back there and live out his life with uh, Peggy Peggy. Carter. Yeah, Peggy Carter. Yep. Which I thought was very touching. Um, the slow dancing scene was great. Um, and they pulled off old Cap really well, actually, with the CGI. Yeah. Much better than the Henry Cavill mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even the fucking same ballpark. Um, nope. But, um, see, when, when I, like, days after the movie, I was thinking about it, and the Captain America ending started to play on my mind, like, how does that work, timeline-wise? Because... The way they do time travel in this movie is very different from every other time travel movie. Um, yes. I mean, time travel rules are anything you change in the past will affect the outcome of the future. Um, so don't mess with the past, right? I mean, that's, you know, time travel 101. Um, yep. This one doesn't play like that at all. It's instead, the future does not change ever but different timelines can be created through changes so in that regard uh they created a fuck ton of timelines yes because they like they went back to the original avengers movie and they fucked up everything in new york like yeah (laughs) loki escapes with the fucking uh Tesseract. tesseract captain america fights himself uh, it it like it goes to absolute shit. Yep. And you know there there I feel like this is gonna be the future of the MCU now because there are consequences for fucking this up. Um, yeah. As the uh, ancient one talked about in uh, in Endgame. Ancient one is that right? Um, yeah. Tilda Swinton's character from Doctor Strange. She makes a little cameo there, and she's explaining to Bruce about all the darkness that could prey on these timelines that are created and whatnot. So She faced down the Hulk and slapped the banner out of him. Yes, and that was pretty awesome. It was. Um, But yeah, I feel like that's going to be... At first, I didn't understand how... Steve could be back in this timeline and whatever, but the answer is, and even according to the Russos, that well, obviously, he found an alternate method of time travel at yeah. some point, 
Um, because he could not have gone back to those timelines and then gotten back to the future in this timeline without using that same platform, that same uh, teleporter, whatever you want to call it. Yep. So, who knows exactly what happened there. Um, I don't know, maybe the time stone had something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, I wonder when we're going to find out about Steve's journeys through time, if we ever do. My biggest thing with um, curiosity about him returning the stones to where they came from, Soul Stone. Yeah. Not so much like him, like how, like partially how he gave it back, because it trades life for life, like a soul for a soul, but who he had to run into when he was dropping it off. So the question there now is if, in order to get the soul stone, you have to make a sacrifice. Yes. Does giving it back free a soul? I would say yes, and I think the Red Skull uses that. Like, he tricks Steve, and that's how we get Red Skull back. Yeah, I think so, too. I I mean, because he's the only living being in that area as well. Like, he's really the only soul that could be freed. And, I mean, Gamora's already been, you know, retconned. Yeah. I like what they did there, because her death still happened. Yep. They didn't change that, but we still have Zoe Saldana playing Gamora in the current timeline. It's just, she doesn't... But she has so much to relearn about her relationship with all these other characters. Yeah, because she doesn't really know any of them. No. Which is also heartbreaking, in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, and I mean, we have that Black Widow movie coming up, but... Again, spoiler alert here, Black Widow dies in this movie. Yep. Um, which adds to Hawkeye's story, too, because he feels that he should have been the one. Yep. Well, when he jumped off that cliff, I thought it was he was done. Yeah. Like, the way they did that scene, like, you were like, oh, Cliff's... Clint's gonna go. Nope. Natasha's gonna go. Nope. Oh, Clint's dead. Oh, no, Natasha got him, and no, she's gone. Yeah. They did a good job with that scene, I gotta say. Yeah. Just, like, the angle they shot it from when he jumped, too, and just, like, the slow-mo, you are just, like... Like, it made it seem like that was it for him. Yeah. Man. We could talk about this movie all fucking day. Oh, my God, yes. I like the way this movie... If I had the option, I would go see it again right now. Yeah, and I'd be there with you, man. Um, I like the way this movie set up the future of the MCU. Yep. Because you have... um, Well, for starters, if we don't get another TV show or movie with Hawkeye as Ronan ever again, I will be very disappointed because that is something I want now. Yeah. But we get to see Cap hand a shield over to Sam. Sam's the new Captain America. Yep. We get to see Valkyrie take over as a leader of the Asgardians. 
Um, yep. Thor joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, what else? They did some other cool stuff. Uh, they did the um, the big female team-up point in the, the big battle, which yep. kind of teases an A-Force movie of some kind that could be potentially happening, you know, an all-female Avengers I'd be up for that. Yeah. Um, what else did they tease? They teased some other stuff in here. Um, don't remember now. I think I might be it off the top of my head. Um, but I don't know. I it's been a while since I've seen it, so yeah. Um, need a little refresher. Yeah, I hear you. It's funny because going into like. <laughs> If we had reviewed it when we planned to review it a couple days after watching it, it would probably be very similar because we'd be so blown away at the time. And now it's been so long and it's like, what happened again? Um, I'm just like replaying most of the movie in my head right now. Just trying to get everything straight. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a pretty easy eight slices on the good pizza scale. Yep. I think we're Oh my god, yes. right across the board here. Yep. Yeah, this is it's going to be hard pressed for not this not to be one of my top movies of the year. I just I can't really think of anything I would have had them do different. No, I agree. Like there is that nagging part of my mind that wishes they had the time travel rules, but that's just because I'm a time travel junkie, and I want the uh, I want to be a time travel stickler. But I kind of like that they they in- did something different. They, yeah, they invented their own thing, which is cool. Yeah, and they actually like name dropped a bunch of time travel movies and stuff, and they were like, "Nope, they got it wrong." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I guess the best thing to talk about would be the future of the MCU post-Endgame. Yes. Um, because they've released, um, they have the, the release dates announced for the next three years, but none yep. of, none of the movies past Spider-Man Far From Home are announced, which yeah. is the first time we've had this in a while. Um, let me see. We have uh, two Marvel movies coming out next year, three in 2021 and three in 2022. Um, yeah. We know that the Eternals movie is in the works with Angelina Jolie, Kumail Nanjiani, and uh, Richard, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Um there's a Black Widow movie which is rumored to it's it's rumored to introduce a a new Black Widow uh Yelena Belova who might take over the title of Black Widow nice and uh Florence I don't know how to pronounce her name Florence Pug Pug I don't know P-U-G-H uh, she's apparently going to be in this movie playing Yelena, 
she was in Fighting with My Family. Uh, what else is she in? Outlaw King. She's in a couple movies. I've seen her in, in a little bit. She's pretty good. Um, nice. But but chances are she's also in this movie uh, Midsummer. Oh my god! I am dying to see Midsummer. Is, I haven't seen anything about it yet, other than. Um, Jordan Peele saying how great this movie is. Yes, I saw that today too. And I'm going to be in St. John's the week after this comes out, so I'm trying to convince Charlotte to go see it. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, um, did you ever watch Hereditary after? I have not, no. It's the same director. And he's really good at making everyone watching feel as uncomfortable as possible um so it's this thing where like i'm dying to see the movie and charlotte is too but if we go to a movie theater where we can't look away or escape this is this going to be like a very awful two hours (laughs) you know um yeah man hereditary is fucking hard to watch it's a really good movie but it's so hard to watch um, but that's what they were going for. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, you know what I mean? Like if if you're watching the movie at home, you can pause, take a breather, you know, look away for a second, refresh yourself. But in a movie theater, there's no escaping, right? Yeah. I kind of like watching horror movies in the comfort of my own home. Me too. There's something about it. Like I watched Get Out at home. I watched Hereditary at home. I watched Us at home, which I fucking loved. Um, oh my god, it was so good. That's something we'll be talking about on a later episode for sure. Um, yep. But yeah, like in terms of um, upcoming Marvel movies that could be these release dates, like Doctor Strange two, Black Panther two, Captain Marvel two. Ant-Man 3, Spider-Man 3, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are all obviously coming at some point. Yep. But they have Black Widow, The Eternals, and Shang-Chi are all in the works. They have the rights for Fantastic Four and the X-Men now. And there are rumors about uh, a Nova movie happening. Which would be great. Yeah. Um, Word is actually that Nova... And Adam Warlock and Beta Ray Bill will all show up in Guardians 3. Which would be amazing. Oh, and, and yep. Quasar as well. Um, but the other rumor that I really like is that Guardians of the Galaxy 3, with Thor appearing, is going to lead to a Thor 4 happening. Because Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi both really want to make another Thor movie. So if you get Beta Ray Bill introduced in Guardians 3, and then maybe you have a Thor-Beta Ray Bill team-up movie... I'm getting excited about all these potential Marvel movies. I can't wait for them to just announce what they're doing. I know. And then there's the... uh, Keanu Reeves apparently has met with Marvel. Did you hear this? <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, I made a list of every character that people have been t- rumored 
like people have been talking about characters Keanu Reeves could play in Marvel and the list that I have is Adam Warlock, Silver Surfer, Namor, Mr. Fantastic, Moon Knight, Craven the Hunter, Gambit, Wolverine. Like basically they're like let him play anybody. <laughs> uh some of those I don't want Keanu Reeves as. Yeah. Like Wolverine. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sold on that one either. Mr. Fantastic, I can see. Yep. Uh Craven is a maybe. I kind of like the Craven one. Yep. Uh Namor, uh not really. No. Uh Adam Warlock potentially. I but... I kind of like him for Moon Knight. That'd be fun. It would be. I'd love to see Moon Knight in the MCU. Not Gambit or Wolverine, though. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right. No, but appa- and not Namor. But apparently the word is from Marvel that they basically contact Keanu every time they're making a movie to see if he see if something works. Because they're b- both sides want this to work. They're just trying to find the right character. Yeah. And he... Almost was in Captain Marvel apparently, as um in, before Ju- before Jude Law was on. Well, I'm glad he wasn't in that movie, just because I think Jude Law was the right choice for that. I agree. I I really liked Jude Law in like, that movie. I did too. Plus, like, if Keanu Reeves is going to be in the MCU, I want him to play the right character, and I want him to play a character that's going to stick around. Yes. I want him for at least, like, you know, two, three movies, right? Exactly. Spoiler alert for Captain Marvel, I guess, but... <laughs> eh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, and apparently they're trying to get him in the Eternals for something. I'm not sure who he would play there, because I don't really know the Eternals, but... Yeah. It remains to be seen. Um... Yeah, I think that about wraps our episode. I think we've maybe talked about everything we missed in the last two months. Or at least... For the most part. A good chunk of it. Yeah. Uh, we're only like three hours in here. So, <laughs> you know. I Honestly, shorter than I expected, somehow. I expected we were going to go like three and a half on this. Eh. Um... So, I guess we should talk about um, just a couple of things, a bit of housekeeping here real quick. Uh, we're going to be making some changes to the podcast in the future. Um, yep. Some potential changes. We're going to try and do, ironically enough, I say at the end of a three-hour episode, shorter episodes in the future. Um, <laughs> closer on to like an hour, hour and a half. Um that way we can hopefully get episodes out more often. Um, yeah. Because... It'll be easier to fit them into our schedule if the recordings aren't as long. Exactly. And even if, you know, like a day like this where we have the time to record longer, you know, maybe we'll, we'll punch out two episodes. And that way, you know, we don't have to worry about scheduling conflicts down the road and so on. Um, also looking at doing more interviews in the future... Um, yep. And maybe putting them in the episodes. Like, so, you know, 
you'll get me and you talking for half an hour, 40 minutes, and then you'll get uh, an interview, and then it'll come back to the episode. And so we might fool around with the um, the layout of the podcast a little bit, but it's gonna be you know it's gonna be the same old shit. We're gonna be geeking out. And we're gonna be fucking around. That's basically nerding out with our birds out. Nerd out with your bird out, man. That's got to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at maybe uh, getting back into the Twitch YouTube stuff a little bit? Yeah. Um, trying to cut back on just the general social media scrolling that consumes so much of my time and just like trying to just be overall more productive like hit the gym more frequently meal like if I meal prep that's going to save me so much time and if I cut back on social media scrolling it's going to save me so much time Yeah. and I was looking at what I can do with this time and I was just like that'll allow me to stream more like like if I'm playing games anyway like why not stream true yeah. um, like you don't have to be good like just stream playing the game and if you're bad at it you're bad at it and just be honest about it be like hey I'm not the best in the world I'm just trying to be entertaining yeah exactly so I mean by meal prepping and that like you know go to the gym for an hour a day and the rest of the day like if I'm not working then I have time to stream I have time like you know stay on top of the housework so it doesn't pile up so I don't have to like spend a great amount of time on my days off picking away at it and then I'll have more time to you know if I do a little bit of housework every day then I don't have to do a lot of housework on my days off yeah fair enough and then I then I have more time for recording these episodes I have more time for streaming um I can work on stuff for YouTube that I've been talking about doing for a long time and I still haven't really got around to yet just because it's just like fuck like where is the time for it oh yeah the time is scrolling through Facebook endlessly yeah I absolutely hear you there man it's yeah it's a problem I feel like a lot of us don't want to admit we have just the endless like status updates and pictures and nonsense like you read like like you see someone getting in a debate and then like even if you don't get involved yourself you read the comments and then like you scroll through a bunch of stuff and then by the time you refresh there's like four new comments on it so you read those and like someone is trying to prove their side in the debate by posting an article so you're clicking on the article and reading that to see if you agree or disagree and it's just it's very time consuming yeah it is yeah and it's a problem I have that I recognize that I do not like so I'm going to try and do something about it good on you yeah man plus I mean if it lets me be more productive then fuck yeah because that's something I've just I don't know, I get down on myself sometimes because 
I'm not being as productive as I want to be and I know I could be because I'm just doing something as simple as scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, it happens, man. Yeah, so here's to new and more productive things from this channel. Yeah, fair enough. Let's try and keep on a schedule here. We'll try and try and be back on time. And based yep. on the upcoming events we have here, the next episode could have uh, a Stranger Things review. I think yep. that's pretty likely. Um, depending on when we record and who gets to see what, maybe the reviews of Midsummer or Spider-Man Far From Home or... Fuck yeah. I, I was just looking at my work schedule. Yeah. While we were talking, like when Spider-Man Far From Home came up, I just looked up like... Because I was like, yeah, that comes out real soon. And I looked it up and the weekend it hits theaters, I'm off. Mm. So I'm just crossing my fingers, hoping that we get it here. Yeah. Because, like, I'm off, like, three days straight, and I'm like, I would really like to see that movie, and I don't really want to have to drive to St. John's to do it. Yeah, I I, I hear you there, man. I would much rather be able to go to that movie Friday night and then, like, maybe go visit my parents for, like, Saturday and Sunday or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be in St. John's uh, for a couple of days mid-July. I think you're going there, like, a week after. I'm going to get there on the 14th. Yeah, it comes out the weekend before that. Yeah. And... I know for a fact I have time for one movie. I don't know if I have time for two movies while I'm there. Because we have the dog with us, so we need someone to watch the dog, and so on. Um, so trying to decide between Spider-Man Far From Home, Midsummer, and Child's Play, and that's not even mentioning Toy Story 4 or if Godzilla is still in theaters or whatever. Like Trying to decide on a movie is going to be a a hard decision to make. Yeah. For true though. I might I might go with whatever's newest just because that's less of a weight on home video. But uh Yeah. Uh leaning towards Spider-Man and Midsummer. Although Child's Play looks really fucking good too. Um a lot of good movies. And unfortunately, I am there a couple of days before Lion King and about a week and a half before the new Tarantino movie. So I'll miss both those. But yeah. Uh, hear more about that stuff on our next episode, which will not be two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Jesus. We can't keep doing that. Because no, not at all. All of our episodes are going to be over three hours long because we have to catch up on two months of shit every time. Um... So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for being patient with us as we uh, work on getting our schedules somewhat in line. Um, I know this has happened a couple times in the past, but never for this long. No. Uh, somehow, still, even though it's been so long since we recorded, this, we're having our best month ever uh, for downloads and listens. 
Like, well, that's because you and Mitchell have kept up with Final Form and you doing your E3 reviews and stuff like that. Podcoin helps too. The, it, it does. Yeah, we we've been trying to keep the the channel as busy as possible. Um, especially where I knew you were going to be out of the province for two weeks there. You know, I had to try and keep yeah. things going a little bit. But um, yeah, thanks for listening and, and thanks for being patient. Um, we will try and be on top of shit a little more. Um, and maybe in the future we'll spend more time on getting back to basics with rankings and lists and that kind of thing over news because yeah you know it's fun to get back to that stuff um it is so if you want to check out other episodes of jedi dropouts uh final form or my entire e3 press conference review series uh that's all over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts and um thank you for dropping by something something drop out later peace